Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. Okay, continuing on with our conference previous... Um, We've done a little bit of chatting, but Cheyenne here just asked us a question about seatbelts, and uh, she was apparently looking for some type of a serious answer from me, and which I would answer that, that the proper way to wear a seatbelt is in any such manner that will keep a police officer from giving you a ticket for not wearing a seatbelt. Okay, I got pulled over two last week or two weeks ago. And so the cop ended up telling me the reason he pulled me over, which is actually, it's impossible because I was passing him. He already had someone pulled over. I was coming up. Here, that person that he ended up having pulled over left the scene. And here, by then, I, I went past him. And I have a big Ford pickup truck. And he had a small car. So anyhow, he pulls pulls out in the traffic. I'm thinking, oh, now he's behind me. Well, I had out-of-state tags. And I'm thinking, well, he's, he's going to definitely pull me over. And I had my two girls along with me, which are two pit bulls. And um, so uh, he ends up pulling me over, and he tells me, first he goes to the passenger side window, and I put it down a crack. And I have one girl that is very protective of the truck. But also it scared me because I know they're pits and I know they are the cops are shoot happy. And they're my girls. They're family. So anyhow, he ends up coming over to the driver's side and I had I did a crack again. He says, No, put it down. I did another crack again and he just went on for a while. And then eventually I told him no. I said, I'm not putting down the crack anymore. He says, Well, Ma'am, do you know the reason why I pulled you over? I said, please tell me, because you weren't wearing a seatbelt. And I looked at him, and he was just like, as he was saying it, he was like grinning. And I'm thinking to myself, how in the heck would you know if I had a seatbelt on or not? Because my truck is so big than his car. So it was impossible. But anyhow, my dog's still acting up, trying to calm her down. And then he, and then, he, oh, the, I'm sorry, back up. He ends up saying, well, what, as I was going to the driver's side, I seen you put your seatbelt on. So actually the reason he pulled me over is telling me I did not have a seatbelt on. And then when he was behind me going to the passenger side, <laughs> he claimed that he seen me put the seatbelt on. Well, how in the heck can he see me put the seatbelt on? I could have, like, maybe moved it. Yes. But as I told him, I wear, I was in that bad car accident. I wear the seatbelt all the time. Now, my question is, Charles, is I put, you know, the seatbelt comes in two straps, correct? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. So I put both of the straps down. I put the upper strap under my shoulder, down towards my stomach. So he's telling me I cannot do that. 
So that was my question. How do you wear a seatbelt? You get. I think you're getting into to surgical detail of of uh, statutory codes, and you'd, you'd probably have to look up the the particular statutory code that purports to regulate seatbelt use and see if they delineated whether or not it had to be above your shoulder or below your shoulder, and all that kind of little social engineering, micromanagerial gobbledygook that I don't even like to get into. I don't like entangling my brain in those kind of mental exercises. You know what I mean? Okay. I just wanted to throw that out. He didn't give me a ticket because I, I followed it while he was talking to me because basically it was a joke. Well, it sounded like well, you survived this genre, well, okay? And time, if I see you in this area uh, and you have that seatbelt uh, uh like that again, I will give you a ticket. And I laughed at him again. Oh, and then he also, prior to that, when he was telling me to put down the window, he says, and I said, no, I said, uh, prior to where I stopped, uh, he says, well, I'll yank you out of that truck. And let's see how these dogs like it. And I shut my mouth because I knew they would have killed him. He would have killed them, or they would have killed him. The, he the, he would have killed them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're not aggressive. Right. They're they're lovable dogs, but I do have one that is very protective of the truck. You don't go near the truck. Yeah, especially with hostile karma that the cop was obviously radiating. Dogs are smart to pick, smart enough to pick up on who's hostile. Correct. Yeah. But um, um. But now, when I told him about the window, when he was telling me after he said he'll yank me out, and I gave him this look like, really, dude? And I already had my doors locked, and I put it down one more inch. I said, that is it. That's all the further I'm going. And he didn't say a damn word. Yeah. He probably calculated whether or not it was worth pushing forward with you, and he probably saw the look in your eye, and he probably figured he might just pass by this particular battle. Well, I would hope. Well, you took a chance there. You rolled the dice and you won. I'm glad for that. Um, um, well, I, I each person an makes their own judgment, you know. Yeah. I, I have I have an answer for her. This John again? Yeah, you know I got cut off. My phone uh, ran low on the battery, and I just cut off for you. Well, our 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 entire conference got shut down. It was our fault, not yours, Joe. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, we had to redo it. This is a different recording, uh, part two of the whole conference here, that we rebooted the whole system, and uh, I'm glad you found us here. Can I share something with a lady there? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay, here's what happens. Uh, number one, okay, I don't know if these brothers believe that, but your truck, you, every everything doesn't belong to you, okay? It belongs to the state. Okay, I, I, you know what? I'm gonna stop you. I already know all that. Okay, so here's what you can do if you want to remain in state. Let him give you a ticket, 
Undertake it right. I do not wish the contract. I don't agree with your proceedings. Sign the name and on the ticket, put UCC 1-308. I know all that. And then send the ticket in in three days to them. Yes. I think most of us on this call know all about that. Okay. I didn't didn't get a ticket. Yeah. He He knew I was firm. He knew I was protecting my dogs. Now, I, I and know what's so people, funny, Charles, yeah. is I had a cracked window, and I still do, and on a different state, um, they pulled me over for a, a bulb being out, turn signal bulb, and I felt that, and I won. The prosecutor threw it out. Um, but that, that that cop that just pulled me over recently, for no reason at all, um, didn't even mention about that windshield crack. He was more concerned about that door and seat belt. You know what? Can I intervene in for with a point of interest for you, Cheyenne? As long as it's short. You know, okay, well, I believe that uh, cops are lazy. A lot, a lot of uh, people that, you know, that work for the de facto government are absolutely lazy. They don't do the research. So they take the easy way out a lot of times. Some other other cops actually keep their constitutions in their front pocket. And, you know, when they they meet people who think they, you know, know the law, they like to uh, embrace that opportunity to challenge, you know, uh, that. So... I'm thinking the only reason why Officer No Name didn't didn't push any you know push in, push any other issues uh, is is only because he was probably just focused on you know getting meeting his quota or something like that. But uh, I don't know if that addressed addressed the issue with, with the statements that the the previous gentleman just stated. I was trying to address what he said to you. Okay, Charles, he also, it it was funny, he also said, uh, where are you coming from and where are you going? So I asked him the same question. And his eyes lit up. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is, is he conducting an investigation? Exactly. Or not? Exactly. did you ask him? Are you conducting no, an investigation? No, I no, I just certain things I did and certain things I did not do because I had my girls with me, and I know what would happen right. because they are pits. They will shoot them. You did the right thing. In Donaldson's, Donaldson's oh, I think analysis, I, hand, I think I handled it very right well. Thing. I got I got mm-hmm. no ticket. I got no warning. And actually, when they give you a warning, uh, they're supposed to give you a ticket or citation or oh, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. a ticket, something written. This is a warning. And also, I was told that, um, and I could be incorrect on this, I have not done the research, but I was told that uh, uh, when you're out of state, that they cannot pull you over and give you a ticket for a seatbelt. They have to add a ticket and then add the seatbelt. I never knew that, and and again, I... I was told that. I have not 
done a study on it. I mean, there's a way to trump all that, though. And the way is to actually, you know, you become a qualified elector, put a public notice in that you're the head of your household, right? Now, once you prove that you can pay for any damages that come from the lack of the seatbelt, right, they have no authority to rule over you. You've proven yourself to be sovereign. You know, I mean, this is the value of actually engaging local communities that actually create their own local currencies. You can issue promissory notes from a common law place of knowledge whereby you act as head of household and completely circumvent the de facto jurisdiction. Okay, and Charles, I have one more question, and then I'm going to get off. Um, when you get an MSO, does that MSO have to be in your name? Because I got mine about uh, two years ago. Are you talking about the document that you get with a new car? Uh, yes. Financial, yes. I think it manufactures certificate of origin or yes. something like that? Yes. Um, and what was your question about that document again? Does that have to be in your name? Uh, uh, you name? need to escape touches of the de facto pirates on the road? I would actually really have to look at mine again, but um, when I did mine, uh, it came back. Apparently what I learned back then Excuse me. And I did take notes. I don't have the notes in front of me. But when I went to go get the MSO on my truck, I had to go to Maryland where the first owner was. And actually, I'm the second owner of the truck, so I locked out. So anyhow, they were from Maryland. So I ended up calling the DMV. And long story short, I ended up getting the uh, MSO. But I'm sorry, I skipped a step. When I was going through that, if you don't get the MSL, that bank automatically, or also the previous owners, that the banks automatically have a lien on that vehicle. And then, therefore, that ties it into the state as well. I did not know that. Actually, actually, if I might add a point of interest to this, the bank... And the states actually work in cohesion. Yes, we know that. Where when you use your identification to get the car, right, guess what you've done? You've said to the bank, I'm under the state's wing. You're no longer the client to the bank. The actual state is the client. See, it's called a client account. Okay. The The banks. Okay. So in other words, this is why they did what they did to you. Yeah. They didn't do anything to me. I was the second owner. I was not the first owner of my truck. Okay. You said they didn't do anything. You were talking about getting something from a car lot, though. How how, how are you talking about being the I second owner? I never said anything about a car lot. You said a bank, though. Why would a bank be involved if you got it second ownership? I was talking about the first owner. 
Can you be clarifying your statements here uh, so I can understand the direction of the conversation? I'll yield. Thanks, Diane. Appreciate you. You can take over Charlie's call. Actually, we're working shoulder to shoulder on this call, and uh, I, I, I would like to add that Charles is available to enter into the conversation at any time to rebut. I yield. Uh, if I might, uh, yes, I was a bit distracted in the last 60 seconds here. Um, but um, Cheyenne, yeah, for in future proceedings, so no such misunderstandings occur again, um, I think if you just gracefully informed Brother Donald here that you'd prefer to have me respond to your questions and vice versa if you prefer to have Donald. If you delineate, I think both of us will respect your wishes there and that will help eliminate confusion about um, who you're wishing to engage with. Charles, I have done that. Okay, well, I must have missed it there. and Perhaps Don did too, but either way, it's clear from here on out if you want to repose your um, question to me, I'll be glad to. Um, address it directly with you. I was just I I I was talking about the MSO. Yeah. Oh, that was um, the question. Does that have to be in your name? My MSO has to has the uh, original bank, and I think the owner. Oh, that's what I was talking about. And then the lien. If you don't get the MSO, and it has nothing to do with you buying the vehicle um, from the dealership, Don, it has to do with ownership. And where it comes down to ownership is the state. So if you go after the MSO, Don, okay, you will you will see all the liens. It's actually Donaldson, just so you know. But oh, okay, Don. So Donaldson. you will see. There's another dog um, on the call. We need to be careful. Charles, I tried to talk, and I'm getting interrupted. Well, you're not I'm really going. calling me by my correct name, so who are you talking to? Anyways, you're saying Don. That's Don, not Don, me. Don, no, Don. it's Donaldson, Charles. Jeremiah? You can call me Donald. Okay, that works. Okay. I like Jeremiah, yes. Um, uh, either way, I, I, I think... Um, uh, Cheyenne made it clear that she was trying to engage with me here and even if she misspoke your name I, I'm sure there was no malicious intent there and, and in pursuit, well in pursuit of trying to maintain a friendly forum um, um, even if Cheyenne did uh, yes. address you in error it was an honest error and I think we could gracefully just kind of ignore those things oh absolutely Charles I mean the right. point is she's distancing herself in conversation from me and, and, and that's fine I, I'm, I'm okay accepting that uh, I, I yield the mic to you Charles take it away thank you thank you Jeremiah thank you sir Cheyenne I think we've got a clean slate here at this point um, oh I have so um, I really hope so. I mean, he keeps interrupting. But let, let's try not to inflame the situation, please, sister. Um, hi, Cheyenne. Um, he a, said hi. Actually, you know what, hi. Charles? Maybe maybe we should actually See, investigate here we go this a again. little further, Charles. Let's do this. 
let's actually decide whether or not Jeremiah, a.k.a. Donaldson, is a qualified elector or not. If you really believe that you're so strong in your opinion about me being a disruptor, Cheyenne, then you're going to wage in on a, on a consensus about my status as a qualified elector. There's not going to be any complaining or whining. We either are on the same squad or we're on a separate and different squad. I suggest we vote on my status as a qualified elector, and that way we can determine whether or not I have a right to be here and comment and, you know, respectfully under the Roberts Rules of Order, uh, intervene. Right. Right. I agree. Uh, who's who's the, the other voice that's coming in, male voice? Is that you, Joe? Uh, I'm sorry. I thought I, I uh, logged on. How do, how do I do? Star three, star one? Well, okay. Maybe that was Roddy. I see Roddy's called in now. Is that correct, Roddy? No. Was that you? I'm, uh, I was muted when that noise was going on. Well, it be my, my computer's on the floor. By the way, Charles, okay. uh, a point of interest, Cheyenne's interests and concerns are very important to me as well as to you, okay? But to move beyond this specific, uh, you know, obstacle of that, that Donaldson cannot comment on anything at all, I'd like to get your authorization to to proceed uh, in the direction of a a, uh, a vote or, uh, you know, a consensus on this call at least uh, 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 with this committee that, that I'm actually authorized to be on the call and be a part of it. You're authorized to be on the call and be a part of it, Don, but you need to work on your your your, your skill set in, in, in maintaining peace and judicial calm and, and accommodating people's reasonable needs. And I'm going to have to mute you unless you try to show some more respect for Sister Charlene here. You're asking him to do something with Cheyenne that no one's able to do. I'm asking him to give some respect to Cheyenne. When when her and I are engaging in discussion, and, and Cheyenne already made it clear that God and everybody that she'd prefer to just have a little bit of one-on-one -on -one discussion with me without any eruption from Don, uh, Donaldson or, or Rudy, Roddy or Joe or anybody else. Okay. Sorry about that. Thank you. Um, Listen, I, how about this, Charles? I'll back out completely of the conversation until you invite me back in. Um, and uh, I'm okay with that because, you know, Donaldson doesn't always need to speak. So Thank just let me know when you're ready, and I'll be back. Very good. I'm sorry we had to take the long way around on that, Cheyenne. Are you still with me? Yes, I am. And, yeah, I'm sorry that we had to take the, round, the long way around. All right. I, I think we were talking about your manufacturer's certificate of origin, and and yeah, does that have to be in your name? That was that that was my original question. Okay. Well, I, what I, was your manufacturing? Uh, who's interrupting us now? Sound like Ronnie. Oh, 
Yeah, I was saying, what was she manufacturing? What do you... What do you... It doesn't... Rodney. Yeah, okay, you Rodney. know what, Charles? Charles, I'm done. I, I don't blame you, Cheyenne. Um, um, uh, I... I I can start muting people here. Um, well, I just I just got on the call, so I don't know what you're talking about. My, my apologies. Yeah, maybe if you sat down and shut up for a while, you'd learn. Charles, I believe a bit of judicial poise on your end is, is appropriate right now because you have a call that is respectable. And I do respect your your position, okay? And if Roddy's being inappropriate, go ahead and just mute him out. If I'm being inappropriate, you can feel free to mute me in, in a nice, polite, and respectful fashion. There's no need to snap at people. I am oh. constantly bombarded by people requesting that I do not disrupt or interrupt. I think it's inappropriate to snap at anyone, you know, on the call, especially when, you, you, you know. You'd prefer to be um, uh, muted uh, than to be snapped at? Absolutely. If that's okay, the case, okay, well, if you I'll choose to mute, use of the mute button, and I'm going to mute. Um, well, he looks like he muted himself, which is appropriate. And um, Don, if uh, um, um, yeah, are you suggesting that I mute you now, uh, or um, 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 should, or do you think oh. you can control yourself there? Well, I I believe that it's it's we're not debating with each other about who has control or not. I'm not in an argument about control. Uh, so I'm on the call, like I said, shoulder to shoulder with you. I'm willing to back out of the conversation so you and Cheyenne can speak, and I will, you know, gracefully mute myself out. But I, I heard you snapping at people, and I thought I would chime in because I thought that you know. It's appropriate for that we have equal protection of our common law here. Well, I, I'm, to... I'm sorry, Roddy is is in 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 the dunce hat corner. He's doing penance. He's exhausted the pathway of peace with me, so I'm snapping at Roddy. Um, uh, but but I will take your counsel, and uh, rather than snap at him, I'll just mute him without even giving him a warning with my snappy attitude. But from there. Let me mute um, out here. Thank you, Don. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, Charles. Uh, yes. How do I mute myself out? Uh, press star eight. Okay. Thank you. All right, Joe. <laughs> Charlene, you still with me? It's not Charlene, it's Cheyenne, but um I'm so I'm so, so I'm so I am very so sorry I, I end up com- coming on the call and no, uh, no, no. just no, ask I, I, I think your karma's pretty clean here, Cheyenne. Um but um um if we might ultimately get to the issue of your manufacturer's statement of origin. Um, That'd be great. Yeah, I think your your question was was uh, uh, d- does that that document need to be in your name, right? Right, right. Does it have to be in your name? Well, um, 
again, like the previous question you asked it, it, about the seatbelts, it's kind of a statutory interpretation because technically speaking, under pure common law, which is where my skill set lies, possession's nine-tenths of the law. And if you're in the truck and, and you're driving it, it's your truck, unless somebody else is sworn out a, a, a criminal complaint that you stole it. Okay, the, the possession's nine-tenths of the law. Unless there's somebody swearing out a criminal complaint that you stole their truck, then then uh, for, for all practical purposes, that's your truck. And nobody else has got the right to mess with you traveling on the public highways in your truck unless they are willing to swear out a criminal complaint against you for stealing their truck. And since almost nobody does that, then at that point, whoever's got the manufacturer's statement of origin, that's all Roman uh, Lex Scripta, gobbledygook paperwork law that doesn't have anything to do with concerns about breaches of the peace. See that common law maxim about um, possessions, nine-tenths of the law? That's designed to, bre to prevent breaches of the peace. There's a reasonable presumption that, that, that people that are in possession of both real estate, real property, and vehicles and things like that, that it's their property unless somebody else can prove a higher title. That's basic real estate law, uh, law of ejectment for kicking people out of homes and trespass and things like that. It's all focused on breach of the peace if people study out the roots of what common law is really all about. And that's still in place on the statute code books, but they got conflicting statute code books because it's all Roman law of confusion. They love to contradict themselves, um, and they're under, um, um, they've got statutes that seem to indicate that you need a manufacturer's statement of origin. And if you really want to chase that rabbit hole, you're going to have to chase the statutes further to figure out uh, how the statutes worded to figure out whether or not uh, it can be in, it has to be in your name or if maybe it can be in the name of a nonprofit or somebody that signed a bill of sale to you or something like that. Um, all that kind of stuff is statutorily regulated once you start being concerned about the statutory realm. Yeah. That's for sure. Thank you. Uh, does that make sense, Cheyenne? Yes, and thank you. You were on a roll. Uh, all right. And I'll I, mute. I, I, I yield the floor. Thank you. And, and, and for the record, that's why I love Donaldson. It's because... It, it, because I go to flat tire mode if I don't have good people around me to bounce off of. And even though Don can use some polishing in his diplomatic skills. Most of us are aware of that. He's he's he he's an advanced law scholar and 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 he carries the ball. He's out there doing the legwork on, on, on putting things together, prompting good healthy interaction, especially when I start floundering, looking for words. Don's right there to pick up the ball and carry it even further. Ninety percent of the time it's in a good direction and that's why I'm working with Don here. Oh, you mean uh, Jeremiah, Jerry? Yeah. yeah. You can you, you, hold on. You you can call me Jeremiah or Donaldson, but it's not Don. Don is my dad. That's why I'm Donaldson. Okay, Jerry. I'll work. Hey, on Jerry it. works too. My grandma used to call me Jerry. You can call me Jerry if you'd like. Okay, I'll yield. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Cheyenne. Thank you, Don. Um, 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 Charles, we've got Charles. in the background, 
and Roddy even. Um, go ahead. Who's commenting now? That's, this is Jeremiah. I'm asking you respectfully to never call me Don again because it's convenient for you, but it's okay. actually not my what I'd like to be called. I'll work on it. Feel free to interrupt me any time that I trespass therein. I appreciate it, and we'll move along. All right. All right. Um, um, Joe or Roddy, you could even unmute yourself at this more opportune time. Hey, we got somebody calling in from Florida, too. Hey, that's nice. Um, I think, uh, and we might even be able to open up to Roddy if he feels like unmuting himself. Florida, are you there? Pennsylvania, Joe, anybody? Okay. Point of point of information. I'd like. I'm asking Roddy for information right now. If he'd like to go ahead and open up his his uh, his channel and speak to uh, what's been stated here, because he calls me Donaldson, not Don. Yeah. What's the question? Well, I'm just, do you have any comments? Just curious to find out what you have to think. Say. No, I'm just, I'm just listening in. I appreciate you listening in, Roddy. Where are you from, bud? Northwest Georgia. I actually think Roddy K is a great qualified elector. He hasn't actually even, despite the fact that he comes on a little. Strange. I still feel when I say strange, I mean he, it, it's it's disenfranchising. But I still feel like he's got some admirable qualities that he's actually got what Charles calls redeemable qualities. I don't feel like you need to redeem yourself from anything unless you promise some. You know, in other words, if there's a wrong that you've done. You should apologize, but I can't. I can't see where there's a wrong, you know, other than being on calls and and you know, interjecting, maybe at a right or wrong time. It's like he has to learn the same rules of conduct that I do, you know. I mean, I I I, I, I honestly I feel like Roddy's got a lot of good information, you know, despite uh, what we think about him is, is being curved or whatever. It's not the MSO that you should focus on. It's the use and how it's like the record. So you're talking about the MSO. You're talking about the use of the vehicle. Again, I think Charles said it best that it's all de facto. Yeah, it comes in. It comes in. We've already settled the issue with Cheyenne's manufacturer statement of issue, Jeremiah. Yeah, the MSO is irrelevant. Yes. It's, I, I could be. Can we move I'm on? a bit distraught. Yeah. Sorry about Please. that, Cheyenne. What's it? Can we move on? Well, what was your. What was your. I didn't quite get the point of bringing up the manufactured. It doesn't matter. Can we move on? Please. It doesn't Carl? matter? Yes. I beg to differ. I, be, I believe it does. We, we, yeah. we should move on. Yes. Thank you, Charles. Okay. Uh, I'm, with, I'm with moving on. And I have a question. Roddy, go ahead. 
what what differentiates you guys from a de facto and a sovereign citizen, an American national? Because what I see is this Joe. Let me see if I'm correct. What I see, you guys have the driver's license, birth certificate, social security number. Uh, what else? That a regular de facto person has. So you're subject to them because you're carrying those those contracts. Don't. Am I wrong? Aha. Now, actually, you know what, Charles? If I might just address this. Sure. Common I, law. I already went into oh. a big long rant about that. I didn't. I already answer that one. But my question yes. is, what do you, what do you we mean? already went through all that. It doesn't matter. He's asking it again. He wants more clarification. <laughs> well, if you want to cross swords with him for a little bit, Don, or Jeremiah, pardon me, go ahead and take the issue. Okay. Charles, let's, let, let's do that. Charles, Charles yes. before that happens, is there yes. anyone else who has a serious question or needs help? No, no, that's... Well, instead of repeating... That's actually not appropriate right now. I, I think it is appropriate, I'm, Jeremiah. I'm talking to Well, he asked cause he's asking a serious question here, mister. No, he already asked. We already went through it. It's not a prioritized issue. We're scraping the bottom of the bucket. That's kind of true, uh, actually. You know, we are we, we are kind of doing that. <laughs> this is a fun call. I have to say, I, I'm I'm actually highly entertained right now. Thank you, Jeremiah. I already asked it. Can can we? I'm sorry, Charles. This is your call. We already went through all that. If there's anyone who needs any help on yeah. anything, the can birth we get to that. And social security number are also irrelevant. It's its usage. Well, there's Roddy responding to um, Joe's new question. topic. Uh, uh, well, I guess I don't know. I'll mute. Well. I, I think, Cheyenne, you were raising the issue that there may be somebody here that has a legitimate case or something of higher priority that, that we should at least vibes check to see if there's any higher priority issues before we go into scraping the bottom of the bucket for things to talk about here. And I, I agree. Charles, Charles, come on, Charles. We actually have a lot of stuff to talk about. We're not scraping the bottom. I was exaggerating, Charles, and I agree with you. Charles, I'd like to make a clarification. You got the floor, Roddy. Roddy K here. Uh, I'm pretty much common law 24/7. Uh, most people are, but when 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 let's say my neighbor, I don't ask my neighbor for an ID. Don't give a crap. But if he shows up with a title or a business license or a uniform, his usage, his common law kind of changes into more of a commerce. So it's like a dual system. I'm a man 24/7, but how am I? What am I presenting? What record am I presenting? So the birth certificate and all that good stuff, MSO, it, it has its place, but it's not. It's not the key. It's what are you? What does the record show? How is? What are you presenting? What are you displaying? That's that's key. Okay. Can I come in on on the back end of that, Charles? Well, is Roddy finished making his point? It, it seemed to me like that was kind of an ambiguous statement. I didn't see any clear point there. Okay, Roddy. Well, let's go in reverse. If you're approached by a cop or an officer, 
what happens when he clocks out and takes his badge and uniform on uh, off, you know? Goes back into his natural private man world. So it's all about the questions. It's much easier to build consensus if you just make propositions there, Roddy. Well, I'm just saying the yeah. NSO is true. not key. If we walk around with a birth certificate, social security number, blah, blah, blah. It's not the it's not it's not what we're walking around with or what we have. It's how we apply it or who are we presenting it to and who are we appearing as. Um Is he he's not wrong. I, I, I don't see any uh uh social public interest in inquiring into whether people are walking around with a social security card and uh, uh, driver's license. I, I, I think um, if people are behaving to, uh, in outward appearances as re- responsible common law qualified electors, that we j- should just presume that that's their status unless somebody comes up and starts wanting to assert a slavery contract over them, and then we can start talking about whether or not they've entangled themselves into some kind of slavery contract. You. Okay, well, let's just think about the... you know what the word comedy means? C-O-M-I-T-Y? Are you familiar with that word, Charles? Definitely. Okay. I believe what Roddy is hitting on is it's an act of comedy by private parties to acquiesce to the the general common law, all right, by, by submitting to some loss of liberty, right, with the knowledge that it's commercial conduct. And what he's actually saying is, if you knew that you could charge for the interaction, then wouldn't you do it? Uh, My previous rant about this whole issue tended to rely heavily on the fact that there's no clear wording on the birth certificate or the driver's license or the social security application that indicates that you're co- contracting away your sovereignty and they're under. All of that is null contracts and, 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 and should be considered null and void to anybody trying to adjudicate the matter. What about the Fifth Amendment? Because in the Fifth Amendment, okay. the Fifth Amendment. Well, how does that relate to the issue? Uh, well, uh, I it says add- that no... Let, let, you, if you don't mind, Roddy. Uh, oh, nor shall private part property be taken for public use without just compensation. That's the last sentence of the Fifth Amendment. How does it relate to the issue at hand, Jeremiah? Well, your name, your name is intellectual property. Not just that, but your rights are actually property as well. Your Constitution guarantees guaranteed rights are actually property. Uh, so, for example, the ID, let's say they want to run a background check on you, right? So they require you to have ID. They need to identify you. That's what they say all the time. It's totally a governmental purpose. And they're looking for what? They're looking for previous criminal activity, right? And all crimes are commercial. I don't think there's any legitimate public interest in their demanding your identification. When you when you commit to being sovereign, it's easy to say, sure, you can use that, but you know, I charge for that. 
So go ahead, well, gotcha. for your purposes. You, you, it's, it's in your contract with me that you pay me for the use of my private property. I think well, I, I don't know if that's where not, you were going, Roddy. I, but I'd like to hear clarification from Roddy if that's the direction he was going, so I have a complete understanding. Well, kind of sort of. Uh, Charles mentioned uh, he sees nothing on the birth certificate and all that stuff. It's not in there. It's in the acts that when, when you present that information, then you're going into an agreement that requires certain statutory codes or whatever to be followed. When you take your birth record to a department, it says, yeah, you're trustworthy. You're one of the people. You have rights. You qualify. I mean, you can be part of this system if you want. Then the requirements kick in. Just is there like, full Roddy, is there full disclosure at that juncture? Absolutely. It's there for you. Oh, if, if, if they're, they're clearly informing you that you're going to be treated as a slave if you join this society? Well, you come to them. They don't come to you and say, That's Sign not the that. point. When, when, when you come to them, and you ask to enter into a contractual relationship with them to get a driver's license, do they inform you that the conditions of the contract are that you're going to be treated like a slave? No. Uh, that wording is not in there. But I believe uh, you can correct uh, 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 your wording. You yeah. think it's okay for them to treat you like a slave, even though that those uh, wording is not in there? But a little judicial poise is in order. Well, one of us is not... Judicial poise follows the interests of justice here, Brother Jeremiah. And when people well, let's start get to focus then. arguments that is unreasonable, it's time for God's wrath to start percolating just a smidgen. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, brother, we're in great spirit. We know that. That's hilarious. Thank you, Charles. You make me smile. I work on it, Brother Jeremiah. Um, but there was a larger point that I completely lost track of. Is there anybody here that can help us reorient? Um, Law fan, of course, is on the chat. And uh, he's saying... Some stuff that is incorrect. You can be out yeah, about in what we call public, but you can still be private. There's That's a really worthy discussion to get into. A lot of people are really screwed up on the public private thing. Hey, Roddy, would you be okay with uh, doing an email over the phone call right now with me and Charles and becoming a qualified elector? No, it's too late. I can't. Let's do this. Let's do this. I have I have our post. It's I'll sign. If you sign the oath, you send it to me. I'll shoot it to Charles. I'll also sign saying I witnessed it, and then we'll shoot it to Charles. You'll be qualified elector for wherever you're at. You'll have the common law claim of head of household under the underneath the belt. We'll do it together tonight on this call. I'll do it with you. In other words, you're not alone. Jeremiah. You could we we could each construct our own documents with a list of everybody that we affirm to be a qualified elector, and if Roddy's name appears on two of those lists, then at that point he's got two witnesses, and and that is actually of more weight in law, I think, than than the formal oath document. 
what are you saying is of more weight? Two witnesses. I I actually actually I have to beg to differ. I don't know what you mean by two wit you know, where you're going with that. You need more clarification in order for me to really kind of like grasp where you're going because I feel like quantum grammar or a very precise um, grammar, a per, like a perfection, a comprehensive language format, okay? What was the term you used the other day? Surgically precise. A, a surgically precise grammar, right? I believe that, that that's actually part of my contract, you know? But no one else in here is going to be using surgically precise grammar. So I'm 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 willing to 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 you know listen to see Roddy's claim and see what he's willing to to vow to when, in support of the common law. Well, and and see, then, let's do it together. Well, the, the 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 purpose for signing an oath would be to convince others around uh, the the individual that he or she is a qualified elector. Because it doesn't matter what any individual does uh, with regard to their qualified elector status. It's with regard to what the community around him recognizes. That's why we have authority to draw living way into question. Because we're the community that lives in the same larger environment of Keith Livingway. And Roddy and everybody else. But but if you and others, if there's you and at least one other willing to affirm the qualified elector status of Roddy, uh, uh, that's good. And at that point, I would recognize Roddy as being a qualified elector. But I, that would be a neutral ground. I would not veto him until, unless I got seriously, seriously frustrated with him for things that I thought were tangible, not just personal. Um, um, but but generally speaking, if you if you and one other person are willing to affirm Roddy's status as a qualified elector, I will respect that because you guys Roddy's got two witnesses that he can shove in my face and tell me to back the heck off unless I wanted to seriously do a dogfight with him about it, and I don't. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think there's anyone on the call that's going to be able to affirm his status as a qualified elector, but I definitely can see the potential there. I, I, I don't put it beyond the man. If for him, just like Keith, uh, you know, I, I don't put it beyond him to be able to qualify as an elector in his local community. Uh, so, but, but as far as being a part of the, the organized Common Law Journal Society of America, I believe right now that was that will that that's going to have to come to a vote between other members, other electors. So it's not a, it's not enough that you just do your your oath locally, okay? That's that's important too. Making your public notice of head of household. I'm telling you now, I've seen case law, okay, precedent case law here locally that describes head of household as being the liable party with regard to civil damages in a traffic accident. Okay? And that's common law, you guys. They're putting it out there in our faces. The status of head of household is, I'm I'm, I'm doing this first. If no one follows after me, that's fine. But I'm going to be here doing this 
I've already done the quantum grammar autograph on the on the de facto's ID. When when I filled out my application, you guys, I put boxes around everything that was not that was not written with the uh, precise grammar, you know, format. All right, very specific. But the point is, I put all the boxes around it. I delineated between public and private via an ambiguity argument. That's my claim in, under common law as an individual. When I bring my talent into this common law rural society, though, the it changes. The dynamics change. It's not me anymore. You know, so it's going to benefit everybody. It's not just me. But my, um, you become a constituent of the organic body politic. Therefore, Roddy's claim, yes, and therefore your claims and Roddy's claims, they're all going to have to basically bounce off of, you know, the comprehensive language format at some point. Okay, but for now. It's just important that every one of us actually get in here with our personal claims, you know, our, our, our personal belief systems, okay, and act as qualified electors, even if we plan on moving within the next six months to a different city or state. You can still be a qualified elector. Just give notice when you move. Just give notice when you arrive. And, you know, it's going to suck to have to always give notice, though. Don't you want to stay in some one place at a time? <laughs> Well, if I might build on that, Don, uh, I dare suggest sure. that as long as you're maintaining uh, your two witnesses as to your status as a qualified elector, and nobody's directly challenging that, um, then then you, you, whether you move around or not, your status as a qualified elector is intact. That that's that's beautiful. That's a, I mean, that's what we need to hear. That's what we need yeah. to know. Because having see, domicile is a very interesting beast. Domicile uh, means mind, you. Yeah. If I might, the tradition of common law was all developed before we had any electronic communications. Okay, so it was all grassroots, local, community oriented. Okay, but we, we we've suffered. We, we we've we've gone through a revolution in communications technology here, and we can build friendships, trusting friendships without ever meeting people face-to-face. -face. We, we, we can affirm people's good reputation as, as good and lawful qualified electors in our community, responsibly self-governing people capable of contributing to the administration of justice as responsible conscience-bound jurists. We can do this. We can, we I hear can what you know said. each other to that depth of, of familiarity to where we can affirm that, that that each of us pledge on our lives and fortunes and sacred honor that we believe that this other person is a qualified elector. And, and we may have never met him before, but if we're willing to roll the dice and take the 99 versus 1% chance that the 1% chance that he might not be a qualified elector, he might just be a deceiver, but we're presuming, uh, uh, because because we've got lots of evidence that this is a good guy or gal, we can do that. We can do that. The de facto doesn't do anything anywhere near this kind of a righteous process. Excellent point, Charles. If no one rebuts our our suggestion of qualified elector status for Roddy K or someone who you know, the only time to really rebut it would be in a circumstance where 
you know, we had a reason, reasonable belief that he wasn't qualified. Something would have to arise that would actually bring alarm bells, you know, bring a ring, uh, you know, and, and basically everyone would go, oh, wait, 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 this is definitely not something that we want, you know, in our society. And, and therefore we would address the issue at that time. I mean, it, it, it's just like me going up to a bi- my bicycle, you know, in, in, you know, locked in, in a train station somewhere, right? And saying to the cops, you know, I don't have my lock, uh, my, my, I mean my key, but I'm just going to cut the lock, right? And because there's no person here making a claim for the bike, there's nothing you can do. You can try to arrest me if you'd like to, but if it turns out that you guys take me to jail and take my bike, I'm going to take you to court. And I'm going to charge you money, okay, because I have five years under your laws to charge you for what you're doing because there's no one here making a claim for the bike other than me. You see what I'm saying? And it, this, is, this, is, this is kind of a quandary of common law, if you will. It, it, it makes me think all the time about it. I'm just like, how, does that, how is that even possible? And it's because of uh, presumption of law. I mean, presumption of law, is, if we use it in common law, the way that they're using it in their de facto jurisdiction, uh, it's going to be extremely powerful, you know, the presumption of law, that, that no one's going to be able to rebut. If they do rebut, they're going to have to have a qualified reason for the rebuttal. And therefore, Charles' statements regarding uh, acceptance as, as a qualified elector, uh, you know, and, you know, uh, random, random, uh, you know, people that might, might claim to be and that come in off of, rep, you know, rep based on someone else's recommendation or, or referral, or even just come in, you know, straight, straight off the bat off a talk shoot, you know, and we never met them before. And, you know, based on their conduct on one phone call, Charles, would you be able to uh, de- make that determination? Perhaps. Depends on the one situation. Phone. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. But you're, you're not ruling it out completely, which I like. I hope I'm not too far off base with the topic and with, with, with the direction you're trying to take the call in. Well, looks like we lost Cheyenne here. Um, I mean, I'm not... Honestly, it's not my fault people choose to leave. I wasn't suggesting it was your fault, Don. Charles, you're, it's okay to be defensive, but there's not, it's not necessary because, uh, you know... I'm not pointing a finger at you. Uh, I got a question, guys. Can you help me? Yeah. Go. Uh, yeah. Okay. Here's here's my question. Okay. Uh, who is going to protect you if it's not going to be a cop out there as a statutory law? Are we going to have our own officers, like federal officers, that are that are uh, under the Constitution and on the land and not on the sea, and they can go arrest these guys, federal officers? How are you going to protect yourself from somebody hurting you if you don't call the cops? You're going to have to no Neo said to Morpheus, are you telling me that I could... I can stop bullets. And Morpheus <laughs> said to Neo, he said, I'm telling you that when you're ready, you won't have to. 
Oh, that's that's a good one. That's a good answer. So you, you really have to you have to depend on the father, man. <laughs> you know. Well, well, you if, if I might get into the nuts of bolts and bolts of Don's uh, uh, general wisdom there. Um, um, your smallest level of jurisdiction is your township. Your township is headed by a constitutionally lawful executive officer uh, called the town constable. He's more properly known as a peace officer. Mm-hmm. He's there to keep the peace, and he's got the right to be armed to the teeth, and he's got the right to to have ten dep- or nine deputies that uh, for a total of ten armed men in their township jurisdiction that are armed to the teeth. And, and and they have the authority to fill the enforcement needs that you're talking about there, uh, mm. Joe. Wonderful. It's part of Posse Comitatus. You know, Posse Comitatus is the county uh, executive military force, right? Like militia? <laughs> yes. Okay. The posse, full Posse Comitatus is a thousand armed men. County, uh, a full uh, precinct. Is a hundred armed men. A full common law township is ten armed men. They're they're all arranged in that Exodus 18 hierarchy of tens, fifties, hundreds, and thousands. Dad, so that's really the, the, your purpose, right? That's the purpose of dual society. Yes, yes, yes. Right there, sharing in the face. That's Organization of hundreds. Yes, is that what he's saying, Charles? Well, that, that's part of it, but there's also the tens and the thousands for the full posse comitatus. Right. I mean, the goal of the of, of these common law drill societies is not to organize, uh, you know, like the the posse. Okay. Yeah. Although well, that's that's, part that's, of that's it. a natural that's a natural effect of it, though. You can't, you know what I mean? It's like you can't dump a uh, you know a bucket of water out your window without it falling to the ground. Right. Uh, and, and executive functions are a key ingredient of responsible self-government. Government. If you've got your own judicial officers, but you've got to call in cops from the de facto state to enforce your judicial judgments, then you've got no teeth. You're not really responsibly self-governing. You're depending upon an outside force. But repeat that, Charles. I I want you to repeat that again. I don't think we caught that. <laughs> Did you catch it, Joe? Yes, yes, yes. Maybe you could reword it a little bit uh, in your own words so that we can uh, maybe bring... Brother Donaldson! Yeah, bring me up to speed. Jo- Joe, can you say yeah. what I... What, what I thought is uh, when when you form the township, you're going to have uh, certain people, tens over tens, hundreds over hundreds, and, and and really the town begins to grow and takes care of itself. That's what I got the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. He <laughs> said it so nicely. Yeah, <laughs> cross-pollinating ideas here. It's great, Ooh. guys. So beautiful. Yeah, that sounded good, Joe. Thank you. Well, that's that's great. I think uh, I think you guys should emphasize that too. You know, on the call instead of just well, I you know I'm just this is the first time I ever seen you guys, so I'm learning a lot. You know, but I I can see the ultimate is we gotta we gotta take over the earth. 
it, it's God's kingdom on this earth, Joe. It, it, it's yeah. based upon Exodus 18, clear back to the times of Moses. Jesus was doing the same thing. It's been preserved in our common law constitutional tradition. we got the right to do this, Joe. It's God's will, Joe. Okay. Yeah, that, that's what I got to see spiritually. I got I to gotta, uh, uh, join it together, you know. That it, once, once I can join it spiritually, guys, you can stop me. You cannot stop me. <laughs> Love you, Joe. Well, again, Joe, you know, this right to travel? Yes. Right? The birds have the right to travel. Definitely. <laughs> That's a natural law. It's a natural right. Move from point A to point B without question. You know, we have that same right. And, uh, you know, the licensing issue and being able to go and see your kids without a driver's license or whatever, you know, they make it very difficult. Yep. You know, for, to, if you're in there in, under their wing to do stuff because what is happening is the state is becoming head of household under oh, a yeah. de facto scheme. The state, you understand what I'm saying? Under parents' yep. patrie, the whole, the state is your father and mother. And and actually, the state is your the state is your father. Okay, the church is really the lady. But let's be you know let's be focusing on the on on the common law, right? Whereby the state is your head of household in the de facto. In common law, the head of the household is the one who steps up to make the claim in their local community. You know, right on, uh, with Jeremiah, with, yeah, right on. You were right on. Yeah, absolutely. So, so in the, instead instead of the state being over us, the state is under us. They're they are servant then. The government is supposed to be our servant, right? A government for and by the people. So right on, Joe. Yes. Yeah, right on. <laughs> right. So, so that's what. Let me let me go back again because you you guys have more education, more experience. When did all did it all go wrong? What year was that? Sixteen sixty six, as far as I studied. Where did it go wrong? Was America ever like that? Because when I was born back in nineteen forty, uh, I, I was right in the system. <laughs> you were born in nineteen forty. Yes. When did it go wrong, and why? Okay. Um, um, there, it, it's been a, a gradual uh, uh, sliding off into the pit of hell of de facto jurisdiction. Um, uh, and it depends on how far back in history you want to go. A real big, more ancient history thing is the Norman Conquest of 1066 back in England, because there was fairly, fairly pure Christian common law history there prior to that date. But that when when the Norman Conquest came in in 1066 A.D., um, uh, that, that at that point the Roman Empire basically took over, and they brought in the Pharisee Jews with all their commercial law, and and everything started turning into commerce. And uh, that there's articles say it ripped at the fabric of of the common law society right. that was previously in existence there. 
But we're talking about yeah. the 14th and the 15th century, right? No, no, the 1066 AD. That would be the 11th century, I believe. Yeah. Right. But okay, the effect of which was felt uh, within the next, you know, you know, few thousand years, though they actually changed. The, in other words, the, the common law of England with the Jural societies, the de jure one was around 100 years before the Norman invasion, you guys. Even more than that. It, it actually, the interesting thing is there's more records evidencing the common law of England than there is evidencing the, the origination of the Roman civil authority. Right. They don't like to talk about the source of Roman civil authority in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, they, they, say, they say 1066, there, there's text obscured texts that indicate that that is, quote, beyond legal memory, unquote. They don't like people even talking about it or remembering that part of history. It works in our favor, though. So, so, but, so in a, I started with the Revolutionary War then. I mean, England really won the war. Well, I was going to jump forward to modern USA history, but at that point, yeah. there's other important juncture's that happened really on, and one of them was that America was pretty much founded on uh, the Articles of Confederation. That was our first constitution, and that was very well rooted in common law. It had some compromises and defects, but it was a pretty solid common law document. But then... If you're into numerology at all, 13 yeah. years later. 13 is a number of Masonic uh, black magic, um, 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 and it's a number of chaos and confusion. 13 yeah. years later, after 1766, just jumping forward to 1789, uh, uh, all of a sudden they came at us with this document called The Constitution, and uh, thereunder, our, our, our previous form of government under the Articles of Confederation was supplanted uh, by um, uh, the new Roman civil municipal governmental document that created all kinds of confusion with, with separation of powers. Uh, so you don't really know who to blame for what goes wrong. The people in the judiciary blame the legislative assembly, and the legislative assembly blames the executive, and the executive blames the judiciary. So and you don't know who to be angry at because there's nobody clearly in charge. You don't know where the buck stops. That That's what came in in 1789 in the Constitution. To be fair, they attacked on a really great Bill of Rights that itemized a lot of things that are really good protections and they're worthy of citing. But um, 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 uh, from there, uh, I, I think you correctly noted that, that we, we more or less got along fairly well up until the time of the so-called Civil War, at right. which point, you know, we brought in the 14th Amendment citizenship and all kinds of problems that happened and things went downhill from there. Sound right? So it's, it's never really straightened out then, huh? We're still yeah, down. yeah, it's been going downhill. It's been getting worse. Lord. Wow. We got a lot of work to do, boys. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was. So, so let me ask you a question. Uh, what is your plan of action? I mean, uh, I would think education is what's needed because people are not edu- being educated in schools. So schools definitely need it. 
Okay, well, well, see, we need to develop competent leadership that comprehends the larger picture to develop consensus on what is the plan of action. See, Charles Stewart jumping up and saying this is the plan of action ain't going to cut it. We got other people like Keith Livingway and and uh, 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 other people uh, uh, posturing like they are are the lawful leader of of the United States of America, and and we've got all kinds of people posturing like that, and they're all going in different directions, and they're all looking like a bunch of field fools because they're not obeying the fundamental organic common law principles that you have to have consensus of 12 people to, to, to claim higher-level jurisdictional authority of leadership. Right. 12 represents government, you know. Yeah. Putting out there, it's easier to claim leadership at the county and the precinct and the township level because, like, the Exodus 18 model, that's all based on tens. So you only need ten people to agree with you if you just want to be the leader of the county or the precinct or the township. But if you want to go larger to the state or the nation or the planet, you're going to have to claim on to 12. Right. And and it, it becomes increasingly more difficult to maintain consensus amongst uh, uh, larger numbers of people the farther you get. And it's almost po- impossible once you get up into 13 and higher numbers because <laughs> 12 is an intrinsically harmonious number. 13 is out of balance. It's wacko. Right, bro. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I can see, I can see the picture. See, I, I can see. I, I can see what you're saying. I can see it happening, but but you know, you and I know that uh, uh, out of I don't know how many five thousand, six thousand people that Jesus fed that day in a miracle, only 120 were on the day of Pentecost. So, what are we going to do with the rest? Well, um, we got to um, have law. Pardon me. You got to have a law for them, right? We got to have a law. Well, uh, at this point, we're 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 we're, we're kind of. It's hard to say how all of this will break and manifest in the near future, but this is the godly pathway, and and um um uh God might God and the devil might get totally peeved at each other and and start Armageddon before we get very far with this. Oh no no I think it'd be the end of the day. You guys. Okay. What did he say? I'm sorry. Say that again, Joe. I'm sorry to interrupt you. What? No, it's going to be end of the devil, man. When God comes back, it's all over for him. Oh, the end of the devil? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, let's hope so. (laughs) Man, that that feels good just thinking about that, you know? Yeah. I I pulled something up from the United States Constitution uh, and the Articles of Confederation, okay? Uh, and if you don't mind, I just want to, it's going to take just two seconds to read it, but it mostly has to do with full faith and credit. Okay. Mm-hmm. From the articles, it states the better to secure and perpetuate mutual friendship and intercourse among the people of the different states in this union, the free inhabitants of each of these states, paupers, vagabonds, and fugitives from justice accepted shall be entitled to all privileges and immunities of free citizens in the several states. Just so you know, just that alone, it says a lot. We can have a dialogue on what that just stated. But yes, then it goes on to state, 
shall be entitled to all privileges and immunities of free citizens in the several states, and the people of each state shall have right have free ingress and regress to and from any other state, and shall enjoy therein all the privileges of trade and commerce, subject to the same duties, impositions, and restrictions as the inhabitants thereof respectively, provided that such restrictions shall not extend so far as to prevent the removal of property imported into any state to any other state of which the owner is an inhabitant. Provided also that no imposition, duties, or restriction shall be laid by any state on the property of the United States or other, or either or either of them. Okay, that that is immense. That has immense amounts right there. It continues in its closing in this, saying, if any person guilty of or charged with treason, felony, or other high misdemeanor in any state shall flee from justice and be found in any of the United States, he shall, upon demand of the governor or executive power of the state from which he fled, be delivered up and removed to the state, having jurisdiction of his offense. Then it, now, here we have the full faith and credit clause of Article 4. Right? Full faith and credit shall be given in each of these states to the records, act, and judicial proceedings of the courts and magistrates of every other state. The word magistrate says immense amounts. We can adopt the, the principle of full faith and credit in common law, right? But the way they're using it under the Constitution is complete fraud, manipulation of the common law, right? So in a sense, the founders of the people, supposedly people who wrote the Constitution, are in cahoots with, you know, the the ultimate agenda of slavery, I suppose. Charles, yeah. do you want to respond? Um, it sounds like you're picking up on some good elements of the Articles of Confederation there, Jeremiah. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, that worked in conjunction with the full faith and credit clause, uh, you know, in Article 4. Because yeah. um, if you really think about what they're saying right there, by by through the different states of the union and under their friendly organization, okay, they actually had free travel, right? Except for if you were, they also had a stipulation in there, if you noticed, for paupers and incompetents. So yeah. not a lot has changed. The Articles of Confederation are extremely revealing. I'm glad you're tuning them in, Jeremiah. It's all good, Charles. Just trying to give some, some credit to the idea that when we actually vouch for each other on a national scale, the way we're doing, and form a common law grand jury um, in, in through this society, in other words, un, under the organized uh jural society structure uh, with townships you know what we're doing is we're literally giving full faith and credit to to each other in our local communities you know and this is why it's so important for everyone that's on these calls to see the possibility of being a representative of of this union 
not merely of the state you're in right now or the community you're in right now, but both the community you're in right now and of this union so that we can come to the aid of men like Samuel, the Amish gentleman in jail. Yes. Okay. So it's a very broad perspective, but I believe it's not beyond the people listening on this call to conceive of these things. Now, yield the mic with that. Uh, to build their own. Um, there's a in in constitutionalgov.us the archives there Jeremiah um, there's a document that I believe I've pointed out to you that it, it references uh, a, a phrase of referencing quote constituent assemblies um, I'm real sure it's in there. I'm away from my screen right now. Or I'd put the link in the chat room, but I think you know where the archive is, and I, I think it starts. The file name starts with a C, and you can probably pull it up yourself if you're so inclined. But um, a constituent assembly is defined from numerous sources in that single-page document that I've got there in my archives. That the the numerous sources there are pretty much in agreement that. An assembly of constituents has authority to change the Constitution. Okay? That's a real powerful set of words right there. And I dare suggest, on a national level, 12 constituents would have authority to change the Constitution. We could make the argument and see what they say. You're talking about changing the Constitution of the United States, right? You can refer to the one we're changing from any dang way you want. I don't care. We're getting away from it. We're doing something new here, and we're going to cherry pick from things like the Articles of Confederation and the Bill of Rights, and we'll put together something that is firmly rooted in common law instead of all this Roman civil confusion gobbledygook that we're saddled with. Okay, I got you. Right. Charles, my bike fucking fell over while we were mentioning those heightened issues, those, those issues of a heightened quality right there. My entire, it was like a wave of energy went through wherever we were standing. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah, it was good. very, very powerful information. Um, that The issue is that the 12, right, it has everything to do, again, with the apostles, right? Yeah, the apostles. Okay. Yeah, it's the how apostles. Jesus basically established his kingship in Israel. You know, mm-hmm. that's why he assembled the twelve. It's based on the twelve tribes of Israel. Exactly. That, that number twelve is metaphysical. It's spiritual. It catapults us to the spiritual religious realm. It, yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad you're. I really believe this is a this is some high quality material on your call here, Charles. Not <laughs> not in any weird uh, way. Uh, you know, there's potential here to uh, 
for for many many uh, private people in America, Christians in nature, to 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 chime in 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 on this argument and basically localize with us. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, you got to turn it into school. Well, we, we do, I, I like a thing that I learned from the health food community called learn by doing. When, when, when you get your hands involved in specific cases like Sam's case or, 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 or the, the, the Keith Livingway case or any of the other cases that we're doing here, all of a sudden you see the practical application of the principles in working towards the eventual goal of establishing justice and peace and harmony for the common people. And when you see it actually being happening before your very eyes, then you take it to heart and it burns deeper into your brain and you remember it longer. It's a better source of, 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 of teaching and learning. When, when we got the community going with a lot of apprentices around, taking notes, helping out, doing the transcribing. I don't know if either of you have got to look at the transcript yet that I composed, but I took about four days just trying to get the essential elements of the transcript out of last Friday's conference so we would have solid basis in law to proceed forward with what we're trying to carry on with in this conference. See, we got to build on what went before. We laid some groundwork in, in past uh, last week's conference, but in order to make any real meaningful progress, we need to build on on that good progress that we made instead of just starting from new with a whole slate like most other conferences do every week and, and, and going off and fiddle-farting around with a new subject that we'll probably get half accomplished too and then never revisit that one again either. But, oh, my God. Project, nobody's ever drawn it to a firm conclusion. You guys, Yes. Oh, I want to chime in with a point of information. While Charles was talking to you guys, I was going over the Articles of Confederation section from, okay, and what I found was the word or, which states, if any person guilty of or charged with treason, felony, or other high misdemeanor in any state, right? Uh, shall flee from justice and be found in any of the United States. Notice what it said, prepositional phrase, of the United States. Any, wow. Found in any, it didn't say any state of the United States. It actually said, and be found in any of the United States. That That is amazing syntax right there. He shall, upon demand of the governor or executive power of the state. <laughs> Charles, from which he fled. Now, I'm, I yield on that point, so Charles can, can, can back me up on this. I suggest that or implies an, ambigu- an ambiguity so vague that it would have to work in favor of the people's power to form jural societies. And execute. I was, uh, I was, I just like, what year was that, brother? That was written. What so, year was the uh, Articles of Confederation? Uh, that must have been around the 1600s or late 1600s, early. No, no. No, it was near the time of the Declaration. Late, it was. was I it? think it was right after yeah. 1776 in the Declaration, 
within a year or two, 1778 or so, they for, the, the Articles of Confederation was adopted. I believe Ben Franklin was instrumental in composing it. Right. Does that matter, though? I mean, whether it was written, it could have been written last year, for all we know, right? Yeah, well, that, that, that supersedes the uh, Constitution. It's older than the Constitution document, and as a matter of law, I do think it's superior to the U.S. Constitution. But see, yeah, the yeah. Romanists, the people that are getting wiggle room through the Roman civil municipal form of government to pillage and plunder the common people, they like saying that the Articles of Confederation no longer apply, and now we've got the Roman civil municipal form of government that everybody has to consider the supreme law of the land. Hey, you guys, the full title is Articles of Confederation and Perpetual Union between the states of, and then it lists the actual states. So it's actually a promissory note. <laughs> yeah. Or a prophecy, brother. That's huge. But uh, let's let's jump back to that one uh, quick, by the way, it was 1777 allegedly, okay, when the ratification of the Articles of Confederation came in 1781, okay, uh, by all 13 states. Um, but with regard to that constitutional, um, I'm sorry, the Articles of Confederation talking about uh, any of the United States, right? Now, that's interesting. When they start talking about states of the United States in the Constitution, it's a clear statement of something different, something other than the original plan, you know, because we're not talking about, again, states in the Union, right? We're talking right. about states of the United States, the corporation, the one under 1781 Act, right? Oh. There's a, a key word there, confederation. See, mm -hmm. it, it, the, the, the concept of the confederation, um, uh, there's wording in more modern case law and perhaps even statute that says that confederations are, are illegal. But <laughs> the, the, the proper definition of federalism is confederacy. Uh, see, they've changed the definition of, of federalism and confederation. Uh, to, to, to mean top-down authoritarian structure with regard to federalism. They've entirely divorced that word federalism from its relate, previously related term, confederation. They've declared confederation to be illegal, when actually all it means is a free assembly of sovereigns. Okay? Yeah. It may be illegal, but it's not unlawful. Yeah, I don't think it's legal either. Uh, but anyway, we're the same in spirit there, Joe. Yes. I'm uh, near Chinatown right now, so there's some fireworks going off. It's always good when you hear fireworks and sirens as you're speaking the truth. You feel... If it's a coincidence, you know you're on some good stuff. <laughs> it's like, uh, it, it tends to be a, a, a kind of a, a random, like an occurrence, actually. It's not so random. Uh, where I'm speaking some, some high knowledge on a call with people, people are speaking knowledge, and there's sirens everywhere, or noise everywhere. And out, of, out of chaos comes order. 
comes to mind. That, that order can take two forms, Brother Jeremiah. Um, or uh, de facto's can bring forth the military police state to produce order. It will not be a natural organic order, but it will be order. See, the trick is, is making sure our order is harmonious with the laws of nature. Which are the laws of the spirit? The spirit oh. created everything. Is that Joe? Oh, uh, yeah, so yeah. because but because it's first, you know, first things first. The order, first things first. Spirit created yeah. all first. That's the definition of the word order. you got to figure out what comes first, and then second and third. That's the, the, the natural organic order that yeah. is necessary in order for reason and peace and justice to prevail. Mm -hmm. um, hmm. Like I said, there was no, no equal protection in common law. And I believe that because Everyone is responsible for their own actions under God's laws. You know, if that's the common law, you know, the, the equal protection is merely the grace of God through Jesus' blood, you know, according to the, to the, uh, to the story, to the good book. Okay? Um, I, I yield him. I would dare suggest our common law township peace officers would be obligated to consider equal protection as harmonious with common law? Say again. I dare suggest our common law township peace officers who are in charge with enforcement would be obligated to consider that um, the concept of equal protection of the laws is obligatory over them, and it, that it is in harmony with their common law duties. Because uh, everybody, actually, uh, everybody that comes in contact with a common law peace officer, I ought to have confidence that that common law peace officer is going to apply the law equally to them as he applies it to everybody else. Uh, let me... Can I offer a bit of te texture to to it? I, I I feel like I feel like you're correct, but uh, at the same time, the duties of the peace officer are clearly clearly defined, and therefore there is a limit to the authority. Wherefore, a broad sweep of his authority would not prevail over the common law. Well, you, you seem to be finding in the phrase equal protection of the law some wiggle room for the ugly nose of despotism to creep into the tent. What do you mean? What is despotism? What is that? Well, you're not answering my question. I think despotism is pretty self-explanatory. I'll look it up. What's your question? What, I, what didn't I answer? Well... You're making a presumption, it seems, that that within the phrase equal protection of the law, there's some opportunity for forces of evil to to infiltrate into the duties of our common law town constable. 
Under equal protection, I'm not implying anything other than through these comments to convey the message that uh, there is no equal protection in common law because it would be too broad of a sweep. Why do you think equal protection is a well? Equal protection is a broad sweep, but why do you see uh, uh, what's your uh, uh, apprehension about having bold sweeping statements of applicability of true real law to everybody? Well, because of our consent-based structure, it gives me an issue. It gives me a problem, but. I can see where incompetents and minors or non-assenting township members would be would fall into the category of governable. Oh, well then then they would be under statutory, right? Well, I mean, if it's a common law regime, there's no statute necessarily that can determine what the rule of court will be. Yeah, but then you would have everybody believing the same thing, so there would be no conflict between them. So, so well, again, no... I'm not. Well, the, the free inhabitant has the right to leave the community. You know, the, so does the one with the duty, but the difference is um, commitment. And that's what we have on this call is a commitment from every single person to do yeah. good in the oh, yeah. world. Oh, yeah, of course. And to do it in the name of the Most High. And I think right. the focus is, uh, is, is, is right now mostly on commitment, you know? Yeah, but just you were talking about these officers having a, a limit. Um, you said, didn't you say something about a li limit to them? Yes, there is a there's a limit to the uh, executive force of government. Absolutely. Well, let me stop you right there. A, a limit to peace, because he's a peace officer. So he starts acting anything different. What are you going to do with him? Is that what you're saying? Because now he's a. Uh, I didn't uh, I didn't follow what you were trying to address. Well, he's a peace officer. It? A peace officer to me is somebody that goes and makes peace everywhere. So if it's not me, he's not making any peace or maintaining the peace, then he's violating his own commitments. So then, uh, is that is that the limit you want to put on him because he's got well, I mean, I guess it would depend on the community. Every township is different. There's such the beauty of common law is that it 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 typifies it identifies the the distinct qualities of communities. Yeah, yeah, I can see, I, I can see what you're saying, but you know what? You really don't have a. Uh, how can I say it? You you really don't have a model to work from because it's never been like that. So your step. That's, that's a, a good point. It's right, Charles. He's got a good point. It's never really been like that. Yep. Well, um, um, generally speaking, yes, but there there are glimpses of the model back in ancient history especially pre-Norman conquest. And I dare say, in that, that, that window between 1776 and 1789, where the Articles of Confederation were basically in place, um, yeah. um, uh, in that time period, the townships and the precincts were very active in early America. It wasn't until the federal civil Romanists came in and gained control that everything really started going downhill.
What overtook him? What do you think overtook him? Well, if, okay, it if, was the Normans. They came in from uh, the right with the Anglo. Uh, what did they? They came in basically, and it, and they had their system of law, and that was uh, it was they pushed it on the 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 local population of of the Isles ultimately, and uh, yeah, that it's my understanding that after that the system of law in England had to be. This is why we see the Magna Carta. You see, the Magna Carta surge, right, was was the result of the um, the Norman invasion after years of, pro- of persecution by by the state. Correct me if I'm wrong, Charles. No, you're sounding right, Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. But uh, worthy of uh, filling in the blank spaces in our historical picture here. Some some events of, of really serious significance around the times of the Articles of Confederation were, were quote, Shea's Rebellion and the Whiskey Rebellion. Okay? At, the, at that point, George Washington came in with his military stormtroopers and uh, along with Alexander Hamilton, the bloodlusting banker lawyer, and, right. and, and they beat snot out of uh, uh, Shea and his army that was doing righteous things to throw off the banking cartel and, and the Whiskey Rebellion guys that were just arguing for a free market in, in, in whiskey and other broader things. Um, uh, and so that's where that, that that those were other essential elements of the hostile takeover by the Romanists of of the previously existing and fairly pure common law society that Shea and and, and the whiskey guys were 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 rising up in armed lawful support of, but they got shut down by superior military force. Okay, let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. When. At what time did the people start what you're doing right now, and what happened? Or it never got started. Okay, townships, Charles, if I might. Go ahead, Jeremiah. And you can jump in. I'll be brief. Anytime you feel like jumping in, just jump in. Um, There currently exists, uh, you know, townships in uh, in New Jersey. And uh, not just that, if you Google township, you'll see, you know, you'll see the listing on Wikipedia for township. And it goes into the entire, uh, the entire, it says the word, the word township is used to refer to various kinds of settlements in different countries. While a township may be associated with an urban area, there, there are uh, many exceptions to this rule in Australia, Canada, and the United States. They may be settlements too small to be considered urban. Now, I'm jumping down to the United States here for the little more detail here. And it goes on to state that there are two types of townships in the United States. A state may have one or both types. In states that have both, the boundaries often coincide in many counties. So, again, in states that have both, the boundaries of townships coincide. That's is that what that said? There are two types of townships in the United States. A state may have one or both types. 
in states that have both types, the boundaries, yeah, two types of townships, and they coincide, right? So a civil township is a widely used unit of local government in the United States, subordinate to a county. Seems like I got a chopper taken off. Uh, specific responsibilities and the degree of autonomy vary based on each state. Listen to these words. The degree of autonomy? That autonomy means being free from rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sovereignty. Yeah. Sovereignty. Let's listen to what's being said, people. Uh, and then, uh, you know, it's, it's continuing to state that in many states, townships are organized and operate under the authority of state statutes. Uh-oh, de facto yep. townships, okay? Similar to counties. In other words, townships operate as municipal corporations. Oh, well, but they weren't like chartered before. entities, chartered entities with a degree of home rule. Now, but home rule is in another, is another, what's that? That's the mother load right there, Don, Jeremiah. Oh, yeah. What, you, what you're saying is they stole them. They stole them. Yeah, yeah, they 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 took they took a good thing and converted it, uh, manufactured a de facto version of it, and they, and then they say this is the lawful form of township. It, it's a municipal franchise. Apply here. Uh, by the way, there's some fine print that says we'll treat you like a Fourteenth Amendment slave. That's what they did to the birth certificate. See, they they did exactly the same things for townships, and they turned it into a, they turned you into a corporation. That's exactly what happened. Exactly, right there. You got it. Well, moving moving forward, instead of harping on all the negativity like that, that's come from you know the de facto state, I see their fictions as something that we can be used to propel our cause, uh-huh. which, okay, it means that because it's fiction, common law agencies are also in a form of, you know, operating with, with legal fiction. You know, there's no... There's no boundaries to to what we are doing right now. No, exactly. We create a legal fiction under common law, and it has just as much potency as a legal fiction in, or more potency than a legal fiction in in the de facto. You see, the idea is they've stolen these this from us. But what what do you need a legal fiction for? Okay. Yeah, I, I'm not fond of your terminology there, Jeremiah. Legal fiction, because because <laughs> unlike the, the limited liability corporations that are manufactured from the Roman civil jurisdiction, we've got an organic body politic. We are we have flesh and blood constituents. Right. Well, it, until all the offices are filled, there must be formed a common law legal fiction to provide that remedy. Oh, no, 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 no. Exactly what the de facto is doing. What I'm saying by we're, is that there's, there's, the use of legal fictions only takes place when the actual entity is not there. Well, when I, I dare suggest that granting that perhaps there is some justification for your concern expressed there um when we're when we're representing ourselves to the de factos it's it's to our advantage to present as strong a position in law as possible 
And if we're calling ourselves a legal fiction, they're going to construe that as a weakness, that we're not solidly founded in law. Because and, you're to go by the, and you're going to have to go by the statutory law then. I beg to differ on both fronts. Uh, we can <laughs> talk about it and we'll go on more in dialogue. I feel like it's a good subject matter to dialogue about. It. It'll come back up again. But I beg, I think that it's uh, highly improbable that, uh, you know, a de facto government can use legal fictions and that we would not be able to create um, organized um, bodies of people who comprehend, uh, you know, the current circumstances and are, are basically working overtime, you know, and, and feeling, doing, you know, through an organization uh, on the on the Internet. And then, you know, you understand what oh, we're doing here is... Hey, can I say something? Uh, you just brought something <laughs> to my mind. Uh, this uh, gentleman or lady was saying that uh, the legal fiction was really created for their benefit because they can keep sucking that Social Security uh, straw man even after the person physically dies. They, they they can suck that money out of there forever. Corporations, then, good point. Good, very, very yeah. good point, Joe. Uh, yeah, Charles, do you Joe. want to respond to that? Mm-hmm. No, no, just reaffirming the, the consensus we've got. That that's a good point. And at that point, mm-hmm. uh, the legal fiction straw man can be of benefit, and we should capitalize on it. But I think that's a separate point, technically. It than, is. Then when and, we start talking about organizing our townships, we should publicly represent these to be legal fictions that we're creating. Well, okay. Well, I think that the... Okay. Can you... Joe, repeat what you said. I said, okay. I think you got the... I think you got a different meaning than Charles did. Let's do it. Let's do it. Mm You know what I'm saying? I said... uh, That came directly out of my spirit. I don't. I don't even recall what I said now. My Charles, mind. what did he say? If you don't know mine, uh, I'm kind of fading here too, fellas. Uh, uh, oh yeah, it's only here. In other words, if they can uh, see the legal fictions, what they're doing with the birth certificate, uh, mm-hmm. the person dies physically, okay, but they keep sucking that money out of that person after he dies. There because we go. The fictions, they keep okay. sucking all that. Okay, you can out. stop. Thank you. You can stop. Sixty years, this guy found out. Sixty years. Here's here's what it is. But even after we got we go we go bye bye, right? Let's say we die, right? We don't make it to the center of the earth and jump down the aurora borealis, you know, holy hole of mothers. We don't get there to the fountain of youth, right? And we die, right? Our our common law will continue on. It's not going to die with us, you know. That's why we're going to use common law legal fictions. I I purport that we should use them, and I eventually hope to put this up as a uh, initiative to get uh, some movement on, so that way we can actually uh, organize a legitimate common law um, uh, group, and then and then and then and then actually effectuate uh, an action plan. Like get get Samuel out, you know, with a with a jury verdict. I I got a different plan for you. Uh, instead of a legal fiction, uh, you ever heard of a common law trust? Common law trust. 
Yeah, that's it's, it's you know, where you, it may not even involve any actual uh, a property or physical property, but yeah. Same thing with a common law trust is international, and I'll give you a good place. Uh, I'll give you uh, if you'll give me an email, I'll send you my link uh, that I'm referring a lot of people to this to this man because I I got one. I got a common law trust. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, mm-hmm. it permits you to do anything, any business, as long as you don't hurt anybody else, anywhere in the world, and you don't have to file any taxes. You can get an EIN number with a bank account, but it's mm-hmm. a non-filer, completely non-filer. It's this is interesting stuff. Yes. Yeah. This, I, uh, okay, well, let's do this information exchange. Real quick, so we can talk more about that. Okay. Let, uh, let, let me send. What do you want to do? Emails. I don't want to give my email over the phone. Okay. So, how can we contact you? How about this? Everyone knows my number. I'll give my information out, and you can just you can just contact uh, does, me. Does Eric have your 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 information? Who? Eric? Uh, a double E. No. No. Oh, he does. Okay. But uh, it's four one five. My phone number. Okay. And you can text message me anytime. Two eight six. Okay. Two one four nine. Very good. Please don't send me any holiday specials. I don't want to take a, sh- a cruise or anything like that. Oh, I won't do that to you. Right now, don't put me on any mailing lists. But Jeremiah—that's uh, <laughs> my grandson's name. Send me this stuff you're talking about. I, that's a beautiful Jeremy or Jeremiah. No, his name is Jeremy. But you know, Jeremy. Jeremy. Okay. okay. So let's getting back to getting back to uh, you were talking about doing something with finances and uh, getting a separate like a separate bank account that's not associated with the state. Some sort of well, I will actually be the client. It sounds like. The, your your trust would be the com- the common law trust. I actually know what he's talking about. I, I I get what you're saying, bro. I'm basically gonna take the property and put it into a trust, right? Where I actually become the trustee and I have access to the account, but it's actually also a, someone else, right? Another trust yeah. a trustee, you become, right? You become the yeah. manager and trustee. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to be your settler. I could be your settler. I'm exactly. on, I'm on mm-hmm. the moment I I find them out. You can have a trustee, a settler, uh, and a manager, and a beneficiary. He's not a far off. This is something awesome. I'll send you the information. This is great. Why don't you do this too? Okay, consider. Let's let's like maybe make a date. Everyone should make a date, and we're gonna like maybe consider like a doing mails for each other. We'll just send each other our qualified elector status and sign and, and an autograph and. And we'll have an actual record of it. That way we can actually um, use this information um, that you just brought up about uh, the common law trust, right, to our advantage, okay? And when we have our legal fiction yeah. on our lo- we- in our, through our local township, it is a trust, a common law trust now. Instead of actually, uh, you know, any... So you're a beautiful man. Uh, Charles... I don't know where this angel came from, but I'm so glad he's on your call. This is some excellent, excellent information. Good job, sir. Same with yours, too. 
Right on, Joe. You're sounding really good. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, let's see. I think I'm going to fold up for tonight, okay? Well, I'm I'm fading a little bit, too. I, I'm away from my chat window here. I don't know how many people are in. I I guess I should go look at that. Um, uh, well, yeah, Joe. Oh, uh, excellent interaction with... One... Oh, did you guys want to say goodbye? <laughs> <laughs> Where whereabouts are you? I mean, it's twelve o'clock my time here. I'm in California, you know. Charles is in Oregon, but before you guys say goodbyes, oh, okay. I, I want to address one other issue. Thanks, Charles, for the latitude. Uh, the the issue is this: there's no reason why we have to wait to make our public notices. I went over this on the call earlier, Joe. I don't, who's on the call right now, Charles? I have, I'm not in chat. But I don't know who's in chat. I'm going to go into the chat real quick. It seems like we have like eight people at least. Um, what I'm hoping to do is uh, convince everybody just in this one conversation here to um, call their city uh, and find out or or go on to the city's website and find out where they do their social media okay. and how you can join their forum. Become okay. a member of the local city, the city municipality and their forum, you know, because this is the de facto representation in cyberspace. Right? And the purpose is, of doing that is to to give um your your notice basically to you know we have like six people in here luke's in here king well as hearing in florida but um <clears throat> the idea is and we're going to do it cheaply we're i mean newspapers are great right but uh you know pe- today most people are online and uh so you know, there's no reason why we couldn't start with an initial posting of notice directly to the de facto, and then, and then, uh, you know, when there's no rebuttal, take it from that level, you know, to the actual newspapers themselves, you know, or skip the newspapers altogether because it's just going to be presumed that everybody has access to the, that forum if they really wanted it. Like, we found it, didn't we, when we searched it out. So anyone really interested in the issue or, or, or subject matter will search for that kind of stuff. You know, people that aren't interested, they're just not, they're not going to be party to it, you know, in, 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 in general. That's why it's important for us to consider these options of, of posting our notices as heads of households. This way you guys understand that you're actually having your status under common law Play both parts sides of the field if you want to. Have your de facto idea, have your de facto ID, and then at the same time, have your common law one, you know, uh, because you can benefit from having both. A, you got your common law status, you can be a qualified elector, and then you'll be able to have standing enough to make a constitutional claim for just compensation against a de facto when they demand that they use your private property for their governmental purpose. Without the standing, there's no way that you can get your just compensation. Just compensation will end up being time in jail because you're going to get food and shelter and they're going to give you a shower and everything you need. 
<laughs> yeah, right? you know, I I have two two uh, identifications. One's from a driver's license, and the other one is the private, where uh, two witnesses signed that I am, you know, the individual I say I am. So you can get you can in fact uh, I may have I have a, I may have a lady's number. Common law ID. Yes. Yes. Excellent. That's good too. But what I mean, really, what I really meant by common law ID was you going down and identifying yourself as head of household, but in a social media platform whereby everyone in the city who has an interest will go and be able to see your posting and rebut you if you're, you know, if they feel like you're wrong mm-hmm. about your township you know, and your head of the household. I believe that this is going to be the thing that we need to do to to actually have standing. And, you know, it wouldn't even matter if you signed other documents in the past. You say, well, you know what? You don't have to go about your re- revocation of signature for good cause on any of those past uh, adhesion contracts or any of that stuff. Right because on. first of all, yeah, you don't have to do that. There's more details, but I think we're saying goodbye. Well, as a matter of law, there are no contracts. There was no meeting of the minds. They didn't produce the fine print in the text document to give reasonable notification that they're going to treat you like a slave. When there's no meeting of the minds, it's basic contract law that there's no stinking contract. It's an unconscionable contract. A bit deeper, Charles. Our our own justices of the peace will be the ones to adjudicate that. And it'll be our own justices of the peace, backed up by a hundred-man army, that are saying that there's no contract here to enforce against our qualified electors. Further, there's no contract to begin with because it's presumed that the state is actually my representative. So when I'm actually going down to the DMV to get an ID, I'm, it's, it's not a con, it's uni, if it is a contract, it's unilateral, not bilateral. You got to love the, the, the words, you know, they're powerful. We're sorcerers, really, if you think about it, uh, with these words. But uh, it's called an unconscionable contract. It's definitely, no, no, it's not. Mm-mm. It's a unilateral contract. There is no other party. The person there at the DMV is only witnessing under common law. They're providing a common law process, which is it's my philosophy. It's my understanding that once we establish these townships as heads of households, we will be able to not only uh, claim common law, right, but be able to establish common law agencies, whereby we actually provide the same services, like birth records keeping, as well as, um, you know, making sure that everyone in our community knows how to operate cars. Okay, I got, and I got, we put I got, something, I got something I'll yeah. tell you. Isn't a contract, if you make a contract with me, I don't acquiesce to the contract, I, I enter the contract with you. In other words, if I don't reject your contract, I've entered into it. Whether you're ignorantly known it or not, ignorance is no excuse. I guess it depends. It's a presumption. It is? Common law is not fond of presumptions. 
Okay, but look, here, let me let's go to come let's go to the Bible now. Go to the Bible. Let's see what law is right there. An example I have is uh Abraham goes up to the mountain, right? And uh the father changes his name from Abram to Abraham. Which Abram, you know, of course meant the high father and Abraham fell in many nations. Abraham fell on his on his face. He never rejected that contract. And so, so the father never said, okay, uh, you better do what you say because you just, act, you know, you acted on it. He, he, in other words, a contract is this, look. A contract is you acting on anybody's word. Just like Jesus said to that sick man and Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. He agreed, uh, the Roman soldier who went over and he said to him, my son is sick of a palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus says, I will go heal him. That was a contract right there. The Roman soldier broke the contract and he, he countered the contract. He says, no, no, no. I'm not worthy that you come under my roof, but speak your word only. In other words, he said to him, this is what he told me. I have soldiers under me, and I tell them to do this, and they do it. Why? Can can I build on that real quickly there, Joe? Um, Yeah. That that, that Roman soldier was called a centurion? Yes. Right? Yeah. That that centurion notes 100, uh, uh, a commanding officer of a 100-man army in the Roman military structure. Oh, okay. Good yeah, that's what centuries all about. It's a hundred years. They're they're all related, and this is further affirmation that of the biblical roots of 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 the common law hundred courts, mm-hmm. and wow. the power of a justice of the peace. What you're talking about there is a more modern day justice of the peace has the right to go around and tell this man to do this and that man to do that, and everybody does what he says. Oregon statute talks about uh, uh, the judicial officer. Has, when he's got a a, um, uh, a a sworn criminal complaint in front of him and a legitimate case that he's pursuing, he has the right. Oregon statutes recognize this clearly. The judicial has right. The officer has the right to command everybody in his immediate presence to do everything that he says. The only person that can. Let me build, let me finish it up. The, the 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 only other person that can that can that can resist him is another judicial officer. Okay, let me go back. So that's Roman civil law. Well, it's rooted in English common law. The the centurion was a Roman officer, but but see, uh, there's a lot of common law roots that are gleaned through from from even the Roman civil system. Well, yeah, but common law didn't come from England, though. Well, it didn't come from Israel. That's right. So how did... Okay, well, and England preserved it more efficiently than Rome did. Oh, no, 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 but you got to understand, because uh, the Israelites were right there. They were under the Romans. So they are the ones who brought in common law, but their common law, well, you and I know, they got out, they got out of the law. They broke their own law. That's why they messed up, ended up slaves under Rome. That, that's what happens. They broke their own common law. They broke it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> well, I'm not they, sure about all the details here. It's complex, and 
Um, you were going to a larger point, were you? Yeah, yeah. My point, my point was uh, uh, the contract. There was a contract that was made. It's called uh, an express contract, uh, an applied contract. In other words, if I don't reject what you're saying, I entered into a contract with you. This is this is so cool, Charles. Because this guy's talking about contracts and God. I love it. You know what? The Garden of Eden was a contract with with God and man, according to the Bible. Right. And who broke the There's a difference between a contract and a covenant. A covenant is more like a blood oath type of thing. A contract is purely a commercial instrument. You know, it's. It doesn't have any real spiritual roots. It's all about money, contract law. Gotcha. Well, well, I mean, no. is uh, that's that's broad. Those statements yeah. are broad, to say the least. But yeah. uh, they're reckonable. Yeah, because a covenant is a testament, same as a contract. I don't know where you got the idea of contract, but uh, an agreement. Let's say an agreement. If I yeah, if I don't know what you're saying, I agree with you. And I entered into an agreement. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Uh, okay. You have. So even if you if you don't reject it, your parents don't reject it. Here's what I what I believe happened. Well, you were being your mother was being birthed in pain, and 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 here comes a doctor. You got to sign this, and she's in pain, having you having you there. She becomes the informant. And did you know that the birth certificate is only in the mother's name? Nothing in the father's name. At, at that time, she signed it. She she's the only one that signed it. So they went to the mother, the soul, okay. And I could do a a teaching on that. But here's the deal: Satan never stops with a man. So since this system is satanic, the whole thing is satanic. He never talks to the man. He talks to the woman. Yeah, and and Jewish law of commerce, that all deals with with that prioritizes women as head of the households instead of the men. Hmm. So and oh, the Romans are really big on working with the Jews. They came, <laughs> the Jews came in at the same time the Romans did in the Norman conquest of 1066. Boy, goodness! Reveal, reveal, reveal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your puzzle pieces start fitting together real nice. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, I would say from uh, one to ten, I'm at uh, five for you guys so far. Okay. But, well, it's been uh, almost eight yeah. hours of phone calls. Yeah. One phone call, eight hours long. I don't know how you get your battery to last long enough for this, Jeremiah. Well, it's through trial and error. I've actually, what I do is I have a, I have a computer, and that has a charge on it, right? And then I, when I go to cafes or whatever, I charge the computer or I charge the external battery power supply, and I can be, as I'm talking and out and about, on the phone. I mean, obviously, I have a good battery. I keep, I keep charging it up, you know to a high level this way it doesn't really go bad but uh i think the whole point is that uh you know 
you got to be prepared for anything. And so if you have a couple of power sources with this lifestyle of mine, it's by the grace of God that I'm able to, to be here and do this. You know, I mean, I actually can't, I can't deny that uh, a lot of, a lot of the reason I feel a divine hand over the way I'm able to proceed seems kind of serendipitous and also pretty surreal. Well, I, I think a good choice of words at this juncture, Brother Jeremiah, is we. I think oh, you yeah. could speak on behalf of us all, collectively, in the name of, of and on behalf of the state, uh, this small, organic, de jure, common law state. Well, I, well, I suggest that we feel that way, then. Uh, I feel like it's really good to, to be able to come to these conclusions. It is super late. Uh, it's only actually only 11:29. I know people want to watch YouTube. I know that's what's really going on here. <laughs> but uh, that's okay. I I can respect that. You know. Um, a local friend from Oregon. I'd like to introduce him. His name's Steele. He's logged in as guest 12. He frequently camps over at my house here and stuff like that. Um, and uh, I want to publicly welcome Steele here. Uh, to the conference. He just tuned it in. I, I included him in the mail list. I'm glad he tuned it in. Um, and, and that's building our own community. He, he's uh, close to me in Clackamas County here. And you, Jeremiah, you're familiar with the work I've done laying a foundation here in Clackamas County. I think with just a handful of people here, um, I could go. I could bring about a paradigm shift in Clackamas County government. And this isn't a small potatoes county. This is the third largest county in the state of Oregon. Um, um, but you, you saw the, my, my video on uh, confronting the commissioners. Um, I, did. I did. That's Clackamas uh, County. People like you behind me in, in the national organic body politic and, and a few people like Steele here coming up to speed. Steele's already fairly well up to speed on all Absolutely. this. Steele is worthy. You know, he's up to speed on a lot. But anyway, my larger point is we need to be thinking in terms of bringing about paradigm shifts in our local grassroots communities. Cities and counties, I think, especially are vulnerable because once we get the plug-and-play format together on a national level, then individuals that are that are highly motivated to bring about paradigm shifts in their own communities, we can feed them a blueprint that will slice and dice the de facto's in their own local jurisdiction. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what it comes down to is, is it, it, these are issues of a national concern. They're, they're, they're yeah. issues of a state, well, statewide concern. And so hey, how, how, when you – go ahead, Charles. How, how about national security? It's in the interest of national security. Absolutely. There's no reason why, right, uh, um, we, you know, as a 12-person, uh, you know, as a lawful assembly, right, uh, through these calls, we wouldn't be able to address uh, issues of a national concern in a very real-life way. Like, this is real, you know? Like, we'll have to, we're going to have to tell those judges, you know, this is real. 
<laughs> we're going to be telling yeah, about well, we're going to invite judges to come into our conferences and participate as qualified electors uh, 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 from the common law side rather than the de facto side. <laughs> and then, then what are they going to say to our judgment? Well, gee, we asked you to come in and build consensus with us. You wouldn't do it. You know? It, I think it all, it all, it all forms, forms around our, our, our paperwork. Yeah. Because in a civilized, you know, community or society we recognize um the paper as being mightier right we're not we're not going to use swords or guns to solve our problems here or just you know rely merely on oral debate but we'll sit down and, and you know draft our the reason why we believe ourselves to be correct and uh, i think that's where we're going to really really shine because if we can convey it in this way, imagine the, the 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 way we'll be able to describe it when we get consensus from our electors to you know uh, it's just going to be um, I see it as being purely amazing. It's sim you know it's on par with uh, you know the best amicus curiae documents I've seen probably. Yeah. You know, we're working towards what could be referred to in physics as, quote, critical mass, unquote, like a nuclear reaction. Once you get enough people involved and, and they're working together in social compact, close proximity, uh, close social bonded relationship, at that point, um, um, to critical mass, it'll be similar to a nuclear reaction where, boom, It'll be so much light that the darkness, all the demons run and hide. I've got a question for you guys real fast. I just thought of it. Can I ask it? Yeah, yeah, you go ahead. What? Uh, where did the idea of traitor come from, and what did they do to traitors? And are we living in a traitor age now where we have to punish traitors or we forgive them? You're talking about like treason or commercial? Yeah, uh, treason, right. Okay. Uh, well, it's been engineered. It came in through the Roman system. The, the very nature of their jurisdiction is, is, is treasonous against our organic laws. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah, we, well, I think we've already talked about the various junctures at which we went downhill further and further. Um, yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> Well, I'm talking about these judges. I'm talking about you guys going to restore these judges or hang them for treason. Oh, no. Okay. First of all, we have to recognize a lot of the judges are probably, in fact, criminal. Okay. And therefore, they're not, I mean, not every criminal needs to be necessarily hanged. Okay. Or, or, Or put to death, you know. Uh, well, well, but uh, but 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 the other thing would be would to recognize that uh, we can give them opportunity to cure and come around to the common law. Oh, you know what I'm saying? I, I missed something. I missed something. I'm, I'm missing something. Though, but I hate to interrupt. I'm missing something. Though. What are you missing, uh, sir? It the, didn't Confederation have uh, treason? If they if they commit treason, they'd hang. I, I, if I might interject, 
I believe the individual jury that try, decides whether or not they actually committed treason should also be empowered to declare whether or not they should be hanged or face life imprisonment or, or shovel shit in the pig farm or what their punishment should be. Exactly. They get to choose it. Yeah, well, see, if, if, if we rely more on our juries to administer our justice for us, then we don't need all the statutes to, 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 to try to micromanage it in advance. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Yes, yeah, all, all cool. statutes are basically prejudicial. Yeah. Oh, man. What if, oh, man. This begs questions. Yeah. That goes back to the Bible. You see, uh, if you uh, saw a man's cow, it says somewhere in there, I forget what scripture, and you didn't help that man bust his cow, you just messed up. You committed sin. And so. You can serve your car to go in there, kind of. But that's all testament stuff, you know, an eye for an eye, two for two. But see, that's that's why I don't fully agree with old testament stats. I mean, uh, common law stuff because that's that's not. Hey, you know, you cannot go out there and pay corn on Saturday, you know. And you and then Jesus said to them, "Well, if I restore your hand on Saturday, is that good or bad?" So he held a man's hand on Saturday. They all want to stone him. So. What does the new covenant bring? If you don't hurt anybody, and they don't hurt you, and you love one another, that's it. Right there. You don't have to have a bunch of laws. Just right there. Well, I mean, he's not, he's right. He's an angel, and I like where you're going with that. Well, no, even if I'm not, uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, okay, what? What is the penalty for me hating you, brother? What is what? I, I'm going to get speak into your phone a little bit. You sound a little muffled. Oh. What am I going to get for me hurting you or hating you? What does the law say? From hurting me? Yeah. What, what, what am well, I it depends on your definition of hurt and what... I don't know. Well, you know, maltreating you and, you know, what I'm saying, slapping you maybe all over the place. And, Who uh, says that's a crime? Causing causing bad stuff to happen to you. I mean, well, well it, it, look, if I if I'm standing next to you, yeah. and you slap me, and I stay there, now I'm a dumbass. Right. Okay? So I, it, it's a it's a common law state. It it, re, it it would be would state I need to get out of there if I'm getting attacked by wolves. You know, if I'm in the jungle and I'm I'm in a di- you know, I, I I fall into a den, a pit of snakes or something, you know, and I find a way out. I need to get out of there, you know, instead of staying in there if I want to be out, you know. The point is I'm not going to stay somewhere where I don't want to be. And if I'm oh, getting, you know, that is a going, form of common law. Are you going to be running away from people all the time? This, this and that's exactly time? what we're doing right now is actually create. No, running from people is, is merely... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be talking shit about people for a long ass time, but I will not be running from them. <laughs> well, what are you gonna do when they hurt you? You can't hurt me. Well, they put this uh, guy in jail over there. What's his name? Uh, that little uh, Amish man over there. He's in jail. That's that's kind of hurting you, you know, keeping you away from your freedom. Yes, it is. Well, they're gonna have to take my blood. You know, that's pain. Because homeboy doesn't know what he, 
he has constitutionally protected, you know, right. But the issue is, I know where my what my blood is going. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and it's all about my intent. And if I if I'm if my blood is spilled because of this cause, then so be it. My blood is going to be for a good cause. For this cause of righteousness, bringing heaven on earth, straight up under yeah. common law. And uh, you know what? Uh, unfortunately, we don't want we don't. You know, fortunately, actually, we have time to respond to Samuel's situation. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, very, very I, fortunately. I, yeah. Okay, but there's got to be some some kind of rule, just like you have in your home, when your boy doesn't do something, you got to spank him. The Bible says if you don't uh, uh, punish and discipline a boy, he's, less than, he's worse than a bastard. So you've yeah. you got to have some form of correction for people who disobey, disobey God's law, you know what? Let, let me tell you what it is, okay? I thought maybe you would give me the answer. You know who pays for all that? I do. If I do something wrong against you, I'm paying for that punishment I did bad. That's common law. That's what yeah. Jesus said. Turn the other cheek. Because you know what happens? He just sowed, this man sowed all that seed in his life, and if you don't forgive him, it's going to be like somebody put him under the sea with a stone around his neck. So you have to forgive him. So this is where the law of love supersedes any man-made law. New Testament. That's the kingdom, brother. Because if that wasn't the kingdom... Jesus would not have taken all that punishment and shed his blood without calling an army of angels to defend him and wipe him all them Romans out. That's what the love of love does. So what did the love of love do for him? It raised him from the dead. And he became king forever. Okay, there is... Okay, listen. There is is some parts of the Bible that that are... extremely reputable, right? Yeah. And others that we know have been manipulated. You know about the Mandela effect, right? You've heard yeah. about that in the media? Well, I've this happened that. also to the Bible. The Bible has been altered. It's obvious. You go and you look, a lot of parts in the Bible have been recently changed. We have to uh, presume that, that the controllers... I'm sorry? No, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not talking about any specific... Okay, excellent. I'm just saying uh, what, what we, Yeah. And that we have to assume that the controllers, right, are are actually writing the script. Yeah, the, yeah. You know. Yeah, and so the, the thing about it is that this that, that when we talk about the resurrection, notice yeah. how there's a holiday. Notice how we have Easter. Right? Easter oh, is a very very famous uh, it's on the Gregorian calendar. That's the that's the goddess of Esther. Easter is uh, uh, Catholicism. Well, I, w- without going too far off into the, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that I would just like to stay focused on 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 this part of the manipulation by the controllers yeah. against us, which has to do with the Easter and the Jesus raising from the dead. I think the I think the important part of what Jesus did was his sacrifice. 
That's the most important part for us to remember. Our coming together is a sacrifice. You're taking the good time out of your night to come on this call for a good cause. You're sacrificing your blood over your intent. He lived as you should be living. He sacrificed his life so that you would basically have eternal life. See what I'm saying? Through his blood. So that's what we're going to focus on, you know, when it comes to, the, to, to Jesus. The resurrection is debatable. Because there's a very huge manipulation when it comes to the origins of life. You see what I'm saying? Meaning that every one of us is connected to the source, right? So we're all brothers and sisters. No, that's not true. So how, true. how is it possible? Well, there's no, you have to think about the resurrection, right? Well, no, even if you go Have you yourself? ever known any other person to be raised from the dead? Yeah, yeah, I have. We're there's other for, people. Mm-hmm. There's there's like 26 people that uh, what Bruce Allen is a minister down in Mexico. They've mm-hmm. raised up 106 people from the dead. And well, I I personally believe I rose my wife from the dead. I went to Vegas one time, and she had like a <laughs> heart attack. I know, and, if, and we don't drink. Uh, that was in a hotel. We went to a seminar by John. Some you know he was on the 1099 OID anyway. Uh, Fucking funny. She fell on the floor, <laughs> um, flat on the floor, and she wasn't even breathing. And I told oh, her, in the name of Jesus, I speak life to you. Mm-hmm. And she started breathing again. So, so yeah, I believe that, bro. I believe that. I believe, I believe in the resurrection. That's true. Now, I'm but glad I to hear people, the story. I, know, I haven't seen it. I know people that go down to uh, the... Uh, missionaries down in Mexico, 106 people have been raised from the dead, testimonies and everything. There's a man in Africa by the name of Copas Van Ransberg. He, I don't know, he's raised like 20 people from the dead. No, no, no. Prophet of God. I don't, look, first of all, you say what you want. Until I yeah, see, you, you say what you want, but until I see with my own eyes a living man who has been dead for three days or more, Right, become alive again and walk around. There's no way that I'm going to believe that that's actually what happened. The blood, oh. Jesus' sacrifice, he, yeah. he, he showed us how to have eternal life by ignoring Rome, the state of Rome, you see, by living under common law, natural law, recognizing that everything outside of your body is eternally connected by source. Well, let me ask you a question, brother. Where, who died at the cross? Jesus. Who is Jesus? Well, he is a character in the no, story of the Bible. Jesus, let me explain to you. Jesus was the body that that uh, that endured Christ. So, who died was the body was was. Oh, God died that day. Wow, no, that's he, interesting. Good point, dude. Didn't God die that day, you guys? Would no. who, would anyone on the call disagree? Let me tell you what happened. Okay. Go ahead. I would disagree. Let me well, tell no, you what I mean, if you think about it, Jesus was God in the flesh. He died for our sins. No, there's, there's dissenting opinions. There's dissenting right. factions of Christianity that believe that Jesus was merely the Son of God, like other scriptures say. 
instead of the, okay. the Trinitarian belief that Jesus is God. Excellent. The I Trinitarian dig it. Moving on. The Roman Catholics believe in the Trinity God. Uh, traditional yes. Protestants did not embrace that doctrine. I'm with it. Well, I appreciate your yeah. input. Mm-hmm. Okay, but let's look at it this way. You're a spirit. You live inside a body with a soul. Soul and spirit are different things. Okay? Because dogs have a soul, but they don't have a spirit. So man became a living soul, but the spirit is what gave him the life. Okay? And then the Bible talks about the candle of the Lord. The spirit is the candle of the Lord and searches the inward parts of the body. So I'll give you a lot of scriptures, but you're you're three triune being. So the Father, listen to this. This is how you're going to understand it. The Father is spirit. He lived before time was created. Okay? Then he created physical things. Okay? But he didn't have no body yet. That's fine. Then he created Adam, but he didn't go in Adam's body. He lived side to side with Adam. So after Christ Jesus came, okay? Here's, Here's the difference. He came. Spirit, soul, and body. His body was laid in a tomb for three days. His soul was made an offering for sin. And his spirit took off to heaven. Because he told him at the cross, Into your hands I command my spirit. And he left. That's what death is. When your spirit leaves the body, you die. Okay? When, I mean, when you leave your body, when you actually leave your body, your body dies. Because you are inside that body. So now here's what happens. Okay? That's exactly what took place. When he came back, then he came back. He satisfied, he satisfied whatever he had to do, forgive us all up, come back into his body after three days, and Mary saw him. Mary witnesses saw him. And and so and my Thomas now, Jeremiah, was like mm-hmm. you because he wanted to see before he believed. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have to do well, let me take the reason I believe in the blood of Jesus. No, the reason you don't <laughs> believe is because you haven't seen in your spirit. Uh oh. That's not correct. You're making well, an, an opinion right now, and I appreciate it. You can continue. Go ahead. You can continue. continue. Go ahead. John 16, Nicodemus comes to Jesus and says, how, how can a man be born again when he's old? Okay? He said, you must be born again. You must be born from above. And he says, unless you're born from above, Nicodemus, you cannot see the reign of heaven. He said, aren't you being a teacher of the synagogue? You don't understand these things? And then Jesus down down the line, he says to him, "Whatever, whatever we tell you, we know. We? Who's we? It was just him and him talking. The father and the son got together and he said, we. Then Jesus says, the, the works that I do, the father does them to me. The words that I speak, I speak. He speaks. So in other words, you have three people working there, three, three forms. He said, the father. It is the Father in me. He does the works. He says, of my own self, I can do nothing. Whatever I see the Father do, 
I do. Whatever I hear him, I say. Now, can I do the same thing? Yes. Yes. So don't limit yourself to come in law. You need spiritual law to speak that. Actually, there, I hear what you're saying. But, okay. sir, with all due respect, in our common law rural societies, everyone has a freedom to select the religious preference of their choice on the qualified elector's oath of office affidavit. I could leave it blank if I chose to because I believe that there shouldn't be a religious test to hold office. What is your position on that? I believe that you have a spiritual standing, not a religious one. Religion is man-made. It's a spiritual. You have to have a spiritual connection with a heavenly yeah. father. But you Sir. don't qualify. You don't qualify Joe. to be there. That's, that's Joe. You asked what my position was. Okay. How about this? I'll tell you this. I've, my belief is that the spirit and the flesh actually are not warring with each other. That's a lie. And that spirit is actually one with one with my body. In other words, I am not I'm a soul, right? No. That is that my soul is intrinsically connected to the source of all of life, just like yours is, which is we're in the image of God. Right? So therefore I have my soul, you have your soul, which is basically your your source light. Right? But the personality that comes with the form is not necessarily the soul that you think it is. You're not going to remember yourself. See, only God is using you. We are all vessels of God. We don't we think we are who we are, but in fact we're doing something for a higher purpose. You know. I don't require a religious test or a spiritual test to to hold um, you know, an office of qualified elector. But I would like to satisfy your thir- quench quench your thirst basically, you know, with with regard to the information to help your nerves Right, and let you know that I am, you know, feeling. I feel very confident that that Jesus and I, you know, the the man I know to be Jesus and the God I know to be the Father have a very very personal relationship. Good. You know what I'm. You know what I'm saying. It's a personal relationship. Yeah, it's okay. not going to 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 apply your relationship to mine and say it has to be the same. There's a violation of common law. You know what I'm saying? Like your relationship with God is a personal one, and it makes it different from mine. See what I'm saying? That's that's common law. Let me ask you a question right there. What's up? idea differs something than yours on common law, who wins? I don't understand your question, sir. 
if my idea of what you call common law is different than what you call common law, who, who who's right? Uh, both people have their perspectives correct. There's so no I right or in. wrong. I can have my can own I idea. I can have my own idea of what common law is, and I direct I people that way. But you're going to direct him different. You, you can't do that. You got to have the same. Listen to me, okay, brother? This is the truth. It's coming right from God. Okay. You have to believe the same thing I do, or you're not my brother. You're not my brother at all. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean you cannot believe to the point I'm at, but we have to believe the same thing. Otherwise, you have a different God than I do. I, I can hear I hear you, my brother. Can I, so, so if I might say, in there, you have to have the common law, and they have to think the same way, one mind only, one mind. You hey, can be having Joe? different ideas. Hey, Joe? Yeah. Uh, do you think... I think Charles is trying to actually jump in for a quick second. Oh, yeah. So, what you're talking about is with regard to general principles of truth and justice. Um, uh, but but there, there's liberty within each individual's communities to 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 pursue those is, issues in different manners. We little things like whether or not uh, the Earth is flat or round. That's not worth breaking. Uh, uh, community over with because honest people can have reasonable grounds for differences on on I- issues like that. So we don't have to believe everything all identical like a cookie cutter thing. But yeah. um, but there is there's liberty within the general parameters there. Oh, I understand because we're all growing. We we got more knowledge every day. We should have you know things change as you get more knowledge. Of course, right? And, yeah. and if I might continue just a little bit. With, with regard Actually, to, I forget the exact issue, but but when 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 we focus more that all the real issues that arise that are seriously problematic that we're discussing here and in other forums, all of those issues ultimately will be decided by the rigorous process of trying to bring twelve honorable men together to unanimously decide who is right and who is wrong. And one way or the other, we will continue moving forward until we eventually get 12 people on that. And so when, when we when we step back from that dynamic and contemplate that that's yeah. going to settle a whole bunch of issues in smaller local communities all across the USA, then we don't need to micromanage a lot of this stuff in advance. Yeah. Yeah, but I think I agree. To, to, to speak to the core of Joe's um rebuttal about um uh, the affiliation with the uh, spiritual doctrines and being involved with friendship here in our common law society i have to say that it's a bit ap- it's a bit standoffish to hear it but i can still i can still see how you have a genuine interest in in what we're doing here and in also in common law in general, you have a thirst for knowledge. So I I, I honor you still, and I want you to know that um, despite the the uh, breakdown in communication here, I believe that uh, that you will come to see that this way of of allowing each other to be and 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 still participate uh, in our common law jural society 
is actually a an embodiment of of the common law because everyone has a an individual right to practice whatever they feel is their you know spiritual belief system or whatnot and then at the same time participate uh based on their own their own their morals their standing you know uh in within the community morals and standing within the community Liberty is a really good word there. Liberty. There's liberty. Donaldson, Jeremiah has liberty to to, to, to follow his own pathway. There you go. General larger parameters of common law, and so does Joe, and so do I. As long as we're not breaching the peace with anybody else, then then we can have liberty to do what we want. Thank you, Charles. Yeah. I will pray definitely about this, and whatever the Heavenly Father tells me how to get involved, I will do that because I have a full-time ministry, you know, but I am here to do the Father's will uh, however time I have to divide it, okay? One thing, can I, I don't think we've actually talked, I appreciate what you're saying right now. You have a full-time ministry? Yes. Well, so do we. (laughs) Yes. We're doing it too. What what you're doing, I understand, is a, is of more of a of a uh, good versus evil. I mean, we're doing good versus evil too. So it's kind of it's kind of on the same line of thinking. That's why I think you're going to love, uh, you know, a a a comprehensive language format, aka also known as quantum grammar. You can yeah. call it, uh, you know, uh, Charles. What? Oh my God! I can never remember the phrase you actually came up with. Surgically precise. Surgically precise grammar. Yeah. When when check it out, my bruv. You know the kingdom of God, right? And notice the words "kingdom of God" the, the is so um, correct, right? When you think about natural law, it's just correct. It's the right thing. And um, it, when we look at the de facto condition of state, we see incorrectness, right? One can't help to, but, but, but think that, uh, you know, quantum grammar and a, a uh, precise language format, uh, you know, would be, would be correct. Keep, keep on bringing that phrase in, Charles. What is that phrase again? Precise. Surgically precise grammar. Surgically, I have to remember that first word. Surgically precise grammar. I'm actually used to saying uh, comprehensive language format. Surgically precise grammar actually will um, work to uh, authenticate your claim of religiosity, if you will, or spirituality in a de facto system. And I'm bringing it up because I've been lo- I've been looking to talk to I've been looking forward to talking to pastors and ministers uh, and getting them involved so that way we could, you know, possibly form. I know Charles has a church already. You don't know about it, get to know it, but quantum grammar actually could be basically a language of, of the gods. Reason being is because most of the de facto words on paper are written in a very ambiguous style. So if we want to end the de facto and usher in a kingdom of God like um communication then we would have to up our own bar of communication with each other 
so that way we it would be possible to trump the de facto's language scheme if they try to say hey look you know when they come with their writing on paper void for vagueness doctrine then kicks in right because it's the principle and the maxims of law that really really matter not you know void for vagueness doctrine is a is, is i believe comes from maxims of law not necessarily based on a statutory scheme so things like that are, are yeah we need to rely on maxims maxims of law like nocitor associates statutory rules of construction whereby words are known by their associates you know and when you're making your claim of of uh of christian so, so which i'm on a phone call right now bro but i wanted to say hi i saw you i wanted to give you a hug man how you doing good to see you i'll see you in a minute i'm good i'm good yeah i'll talk to you all right johnny johnny i gotta go respect one all right like i was saying about quantum grammar ultimately the point is this you guys when you make your claim you're going to basically be able to separate yourself from the will of satan because in the Garden of Eden, it was Satan's will that that man actually trumped the will of God, right? And 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 what we see today is man's will, right, is what is the statutory law. It's all about positive law, man's will, man's law, right? And it's man's will, right, that actually trumped God's law or or God's will in the Bible. So the, the the goal would be to to enter into a jurisdiction with a with a separate language format whereby it identifies correctness. You see, so from the we have actually a, a, a way of entering into contract that raises the bar for communication between our common law townships and the de facto state, but it also exemplifies right your specific um, religious or spiritual belief system, which is about God's correctness, you see? So I want you to start thinking about possibly, um, you know, taking on this approach of quantum quantum grammar uh, for your qualified elector status. I'm going to do it too, you know? I haven't, I haven't actually made public notice of my, my qualified elector status or head of household status yet, but there will be pro, uh, terms and provisions in there identifying and defining the this uh, strategically precise grammar uh, st- strategy. Because I believe it's important for making your religious claim. You know, I mean, I know it's, it sounds a little far-fetched right now, but once you start your course of dealings within this common law community, you see, it's, it's all about contract. And when we have our course of dealings, what we're going to end up seeing, what we're going to end up seeing is they can't trump contract because their their very laws actually stipulate that they can't, you know, create laws which which uh, which which uh, do what Charles? They uh, interrupt the obligation of contracts. What is? I, Right now, it's hella late right now. Really, really late. But the point is, Congress can make no law, right, which uh, uh, 
impairs the obligation of contracts. Thank you. Impairs the obligation of contracts. So when you contract in at a township level under common law with correct grammar, okay, and strategically precise grammar, now you're you're under contract on in your local community, right, through loyalty and you have a course of feelings. I mean, you're covering all the bases right there. There's, you basically are creating an unrebuttable affidavit in fact. Sorry, I just had to say it like that. Charles, I relinquish the floor. <laughs> Fun times. I'm glad we're making progress, fellas. Yeah, this um, is good stuff. Um, um, shifting gears just a smidgen. Uh, did you guys hear um, earlier in the conversation that guy that called himself the Greek from Arizona or New Mexico, I think? Yeah. Okay. Did you hear him say that justice is a bad word? I did hear him say that. That really sticks in my craw. He's probably a David Wynn Miller freak of nature. Because, you know... David Wynn Miller breaks down the word justice and said that justice actually means no, there's no justice. Because when you do a parse or a parse on the word, J-U means something. And I think S-T-I means something and then C-E means something. So you have this like, these different like parts of speech working together to, to make no justice, no you know, no fairness. Well, what, so, comes me, what comes to me on that was the Bible says we've all been justified and we've also been glorified. So it isn't justified. Hmm, uh, justified. What happens to justice, you know? Hmm. That's, the, that's the result. So justice really is not hmm. justice. Justice is like, okay, let's... let's uh, do this thing out, let's figure it out. And then then comes the baby, you know, justified. You to bring your case, you know, bring your case to whoever's going to give you, make you justified, and that's it. That's Mm -hmm. what justice is. If there's no justice in the land, everybody does what they want. And, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. just a bunch of hell's angels, you know, doing what they want to do. That's crazy. Justification is another word that comes to mind. I mean, justification, right? Also, they have justiciability as a word. You know what justiciability is in in, uh, in statute? It means an issue is has been in administrative law. Go ahead, Charles. Well, it's some, they use it in fashion similar as cognizable or recognizable for the tribunal to. To, to to process the matter, uh, usually yeah, right. a judicial process, but it, it can be used administratively also. Uh, it's a process. It's an administrative act to get the guy well, condemned with within the parameters of administrative proceedings. Yes, just this disability implies that the exhaustion of remedies has taken place. 
and therefore oh, it would be futile to what did you, wait. What did you? Well, let me ask you a question, now, uh, Jeremiah. What did you believe justice was before this man said he didn't believe in justice, or, or he didn't? What did you? What did? What did? What did you believe justice was? Well, first of all, I don't think I'm of the con- of the character to be able to judge anybody. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, what if, what if, Jeremiah, what if you sit as a juror? Yeah, right. Well, that would be a different. I'd have a commitment to uh, adjudicating a specific issue, and right yeah. now, it doesn't. It doesn't exist. We have no. We have no consent. Right. Okay. Yeah, but this okay, hey brother, you always gotta go around in justice because that's what the father does. So yeah. if your spirit is in you, you can't get away from it. It's part of you. Otherwise, you you shouldn't have came to to the father because without the father, there's no justice with nobody against anybody. So 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 you have to. You're gonna have to judge it and justify them. And you have to judge, you have to give them justice according to common law, according to whatever you believe. It, well, you know, specifically, I don't believe it's up to, there is a judgment day, according to the Bible. Now, if I took a, if I took a religious position, right, I would have well, to it, say, I would have to say that the judgment day, I could, that I couldn't judge, but, you know, I couldn't judge whether or not, uh, you know, a person was guilty of something or not. This is this is the see. This is the logical fallacy in 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 in, in holding a religious position in a in a jural society. As well, a, that's what in other words, let's in other words to be fair, right? If you have a jural society which is prim- ultimately Christian, right? Yeah. Then and and the person accused has no religious faith. On record, right? He's free. If unless he's actually killed anyone or harmed anyone, then he's free. You have to let him go because he's not a party to your claim. He's not a party to of your religion. He's not. A, he's not an aspect of it. He doesn't believe in it. That's all your common law, your private little common law. Well, if if there's if there's no injured party, no corpus delecti, it doesn't matter the religions involved. You're obligated under secular common law to 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 turn the guy loose. Yeah, yeah, that too. It's spiritual law. It's spiritual. Well, see, liberty. That James in the book of, biblical book of James talks about quote the perfect law of of liberty unquote. Perfect law. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a scientific, a surgically precise process, yeah. and, and there's a broad swath of liberty. But if you trespass outside of those boundaries of liberty to infringe upon the equal rights of others, then all of a sudden the secular common law comes down and kicks its snot out of you. Hey Charles, I, I have a question. Charles, 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 Charles. You know what we need to do is is we need to actually organize the twelve. Okay, and then we need to act. That's Not what we're act, trying to do with the Keith Livingway yeah. case here, Don, John, Jeremiah. Oh, that's that's fine. And that's I'm not even knocking that. So let's not. We don't have to go there because that's one example of how we're putting forth 
this. Well, well to build on what you're saying, uh, and I respect the fact that you're uncomfortable getting involved in the Keith Livingway case, but other cases that you might feel comfortable getting involved in, please bring them before the court. Any qualified elector can bring any type of complaint before the court. Uh, so long as they they have a state XRL type of interest in 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 justice for the larger community here. How does and, uh, the situation with Keith Livingway affect you? Pardon me, who's talking here? Uh, this is Brian. Hey. How are you doing, guys? Oh, Brian. Hey, Brian. Brian from the call last night, right? From what? No. From tactical, tactical sovereignty. sovereignty. Are you from yeah. the tactical sovereignty group? Yeah, this is Brian. How are you guys doing? Okay, right, I'm just curious. Trying I, to figure I, I out who we hearing... got interrupting our discussion here, sir. No, I just love hearing different perspectives. Not interrupting. I, mean, I find us. Well, he I, did I, interrupt. I, I, he barged in. He didn't identify himself, Jeremiah. I guess no, you're I, right. Okay, I no, have to agree with Charles. Did. You did no. interrupt, sir. Okay, I just did. This is Brian, I, and I'm just curious on your discussion. That's all. All right. Um, what was your question again, Brian? Oh, I had a couple questions, actually. I mean, you opened with one there. Why don't we just go with the first one right now? Well, the the first question, I guess, was how does what Keith is doing affect you, Mister Livingway? Well, you could probably play the recording of the first three hours of the conference here, uh, a previous version tonight, and you could get a whole truckload of answers to that. And, and, and we're winding down our evening here, and we're kind of focusing on other subjects for the, hey, Tom, the rest of the evening here, sir. I'll address here, the issue. I'll address the issue. Uh, if you Thanks. want to take the burden, go ahead. Sure. Well, it affects me because what he's doing is he's basically convincing people that there, um, there is this um, du jour republic out there, right, that exists, right, that does not necessarily start from the bottom up, okay? And it's, it's that one, that flaw that rings alarm bells for me. You know... uh, Is this uh, Donaldson? Is that what I'm hearing right now? Oh, yeah. That's right. Because all night you've been talking really fast about everything. Now we get on this topic, and you are, like, really slow, step by step. You're really careful. Is that a problem? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's your analysis? That's okay. I mean, I accept that. Is that your biggest critique? I'm just wondering how what another entity is doing and what they have established, how does that affect anybody else? Because we know, I don't know if you realize. No, 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 you let me, no, let me finish. Don't, okay. no, please don't I interrupt apologize. me. No, I'm saying this is all under contract. And so if you agree to a contract and enter in or not, how does it affect you? Sir, with all due respect, if you heard the call earlier, you would have heard that I abstained from any judgment regarding Keith Livingway. And that would mean that I don't I don't have an opinion on the on that matter. I'm out of it. I, That's cool. I, yeah. Ask, ask Charles on it. <laughs> Charles no. already said that. But I have Charles... my. I, I'm letting you know now, though, you guys, that, that that it doesn't matter. Like these people can decide what they want about Keith Livingway, but he still has the right to be a qualified elector in his community. He doesn't have to be a part of this committee to be a qualified elector. 
Well, and I, I can disagree with Charles about that, and that's fine all day. But that doesn't justify you coming in and, and uh, you know, asking unimportant questions. Well, no, I was just curious because that was what I thought that this was supposed to be about. So, I mean, I, I was just curious. That's all. You're allowed to be curious. Yeah, and I, I just wanted to hear some feedback about it. I just want to pump the question in there. I mean, because I've done my own things in my life as far as taking care of the person and everything like that. And I know what uh, Keith Livingway is doing with that organization. And Don't get me I've, started. And, and I've seen what has been established there, and it a lot of it kind of makes sense to me. So, well, actually, well, let me ask, let me ask you a question real quick because you got me started. You you believe the legal person is separate from you? Uh, there's two separate entities. That's what people need to realize. <laughs> yeah. Serious? You got some evidence? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Actually, there is evidence. If you go into um. Oh. Tell me now. You want the Supreme Court rulings? Supreme Court rulings even tell you that. <laughs> Charles, this guy deserves applause. I'm sorry. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead. You said Supreme Court rulings? That's de facto. Okay, well, how about this? I sat in court about three months ago. <laughs> I was dealing with a situation with a uh, custody situation, all right? So I was in probate court. Oh, my God. And mm-hmm. there was another case ahead of me, and I was sitting listening to that case. <laughs> and in that case, somebody said that they wanted to transfer the rights for probate from one individual, which was an attorney, over to a family member. And they were talking about, oh, this guy does this in life. He works here. He does this in his social life and everything. And... The judge said, you know what? She said, neither I nor the court care about the individual. We only care about the person. (laughs) That tells you right there. There is two different things going on. You you have a person Uh, attached to you that you You can identify with or not. You said that just now, and this is being recorded. I would like you to come forward with the source. Hey, it was in Lee County Court in Florida. I sat right there and listened to it. Will you and make it easy for me to, to subscribe to that information? Will you, will you please uh, honorably make it easy for me to subscribe to that? Hey, I just told you that flat out, mm-hmm. and you can take mm-hmm. my the God honest truth that that is what I heard. And you can publish it and say that. That Brian Do you have a case? Can I can I please research a site? Because Brian, honest, respectfully, you have um, some deep, deep insights into the nature of the legal system. I will not put it beyond you to have information that I don't have. Okay, Jeremiah. But I would love it if you would actually proceed to give us a source. Yes, sir. Lord, um, I, I'd like to refresh your memory about how. Uh, Brian and his compatriots circling around Keith Livingway last night treated us. They basically locked us out and muted us when we were there trying to talk about these issues. Uh, Charles, Charles, can I tell you, 
last but, uh, night. I'd like to get a response I, from Jeremiah here. I was not on a call with you guys last night. I was at work, so I don't know anything about what happened last night. I thought you were J- Brian from Tactical Sovereignty that hosted the call last night. Yeah, I, I didn't. The only people I liked out because there was a bunch of people just wanting to talk crap and wanting to play music and stuff like that, so none of us could talk. That's what I was trying to um, avoid from our cop. Because I, I you muted we all Jeremiah rudely. We we finally hung up after waiting patiently for opportunity to try to work towards a consensus with you and the others on this issue, and you locked us out, sir. Well, I think we all you have the opportunity to hear. A communication with each other. I think that okay. is the best thing that could be done. Is everybody had a good communication with each other, and you know what? If at some point in the next week or two, you want to set up a call, I'll set up on my on my um, good tactical sovereignty call or whatever on YouTube or whatever, and we can all come together and just sit and chit chat and kind of maybe block out some of the naysayers. So we can just all sit and chit-chat. Because I think this is really what needs to be done. I really believe in this. You promise you won't lock out me or Jeremiah? No, no. I, you know, you, you know, I, you don't promise? No, I do promise, bro. <laughs> I, I, I have tried to connect with you on Facebook and stuff like that and send you messages. Because I really want to talk with you. And I think if everybody could come together and discuss things, that would be the best way of doing it. Unfortunately, there's too many people that jump in and want to lead us in different directions. You know what I mean? And actually, too many vodka tonics can actually impair our, our conversation as well. I don't yeah. know if you drink vodka. But. Well, vodka, vodka tonic to me uh, translates into Anavon rates. <laughs> I've never actually, I didn't know she drank. But that's a ex- excellent information. I appreciate it. Well, you know, <laughs> I've had so many conversations with her, and I've asked her. I said, okay, you posted this and this. Can you give me where you got that from? She says, well, I don't know. I just copy and paste. Whoa. Really? And I'm like, okay, so uh, you're just out here having fun in the social game. That's all you're doing. Because I bought her book. I, I bought several of her books. And she had some good info in there. She really, really did. But you know what? When it comes right down to it, we've got to know the nuts and bolts. Can and, I ask you a question, Brian? Okay. About Keith? Keith Livingway? Did, you, did, if you would have heard the call earlier, you would have heard me uh, clarify that I don't support um, stop, you know, voting on the decision whether or not Keith Livingway is a qualified elector in his community or in our in this committee. But like slash common law general society. But like my my question to you is do you believe uh that uh Keith Livingway you know is 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 responsible enough to be a qualified elector in his community where he lives? I don't know. I really don't know anything about him as being a qualified elector or what you refer to as a qualified elector. I I think that we all need to 
to separate ourselves from the company and go back to the original republic. That, that's my feelings. Yep. That sounds good, Charles. I mean, I think he's good. He's he's like going with the grain at this point. The devil's in the details. Yeah. Well, I don't want to be a devil. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, you know, I think that things were set up for the people. And the people need to have followed it. But unfortunately, there's been something else that was set up that everybody's been led into. And they've gotten screwed because of it. Yeah, and the they don't realize it. The big line. Yeah, yeah it's a huge I, line. No, I agree. Absolutely. It's a huge line. Everyone's been Absolutely. lied to. You should watch my YouTube channel. Go to my YouTube channel, you guys. You'll see all the videos that I've posted, basically, regarding lies of the government and also challenging personal jurisdiction. Okay? It's second son of Donald. Whoa. Second son of Donald. That's my YouTube second channel. Son. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of lies, you know, that have been propagated uh, out and about there, you know. But to be honest, uh, I think it's up to me to see what's true and what's not. So now that I see, you know, where the real law is, I can actually act. So well, I don't have to wait anymore. It's futile. It's futile to wait because I've got people suffering. Here's the thing. This is the way that I've seen everything working. Uh, watching what's happening and everything, this is what makes sense to me. And that is that all these private membership associations have been set up. And the Constitution, through the First Amendment, said that's 100% correct. They can do that. And that people can join the so-called citizens. I don't even like using that word citizen. Citizen means you owe an obligation to somebody. You have an allegiance to somebody else. Uh, Our only allegiance is to ourselves and to our freaking creator. But if you go Uh, in and... Sir, he's right. Okay, go go on, Pete. I apologize, sir, for interrupting. Go ahead. Yeah, but when you're really looking at things... It's all these private membership associations that are running everything. <laughs> That's the bottom line. You have yep. to remove yourself from that. Your uh, department, department of Motor Vehicles, your DMV. That's a private membership association. Oh, you uh, have given uh, up. Uh, you uh, have uh, given uh, up your constitutional rights and accepted their rules and regulations instead. Yep. That's what they do. What about the unilateral contract? What's a unilateral contract? No, you know what? All of that. What is he? I'm asking you a question. Okay. You don't mind. What what is a unilateral contract? Do you know what that is? No. Yes, I do. Does it exist? God, can I answer? If you're if you are joining a PMA and joining a unilateral contract, don't you want to find out what the freaking rules and regulations are inside that unilateral contract? <laughs> yes or no? That's a good no, I mean, there's a unilateral contract. Here's the thing, though. Look, I'm sorry, I'm blowing my nose because there's some thugs walking by, and I'm, I don't want them to fuck with me, right? So you have to kind of blow snot to get these people to walk away. Anyways, 
the unilateral contract with the state doesn't is 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 evident. Okay, especially because it's de facto. They presume everybody that's a resident or domiciled there is a it has elected those representatives. So the Department of the Motor Vehicles is is nothing more than a representation of the people, you know, and one of their departments. It's an agency of the people. It's 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 actually performing a common law function. Okay, until we actually step up and start doing that at the local level and take over that, they're going to continue to sweep all of this civil Roman civil authority over everybody. If I may. It, it, yeah, please. If, if you're joining a unilateral contract, shouldn't you go and find out what the contract is all about? That's a responsibility that people have. Unfortunately, everybody has given up their responsibility. No, you don't have to do they, that. They, uh, nope. I, no, you're no, wrong. I'm, I, no, I'm sorry. Brian, Brian, that's why no, you're wrong. I'm, no, I'm sorry. I asked if I could step in, and you stepped over me. <laughs> Brian, but you're saying that we have to accept the terms of a unilateral contract. You're saying you have no, to accept the terms of a contract that apply to yourself. That's not what I said. You wouldn't let me finish talking. That you created the contract, and then you're going to accept those terms that you created for yourself to follow. No, you wouldn't let me finish talking. Right? Well, what if, Brian, because I wasn't actually done. Okay, I know you're, I'll, you're I'll eager. I'll let you finish, and then you're, let me know when you're done. That way I, I can talk. I will okay? yield the mic. Let's go under Robert's Rules of Order from here on out. I, I suggest that's probably the best option. Well, I thought that's what we were doing anyway, so. All right, well, let's proceed then. And uh, I'll let you talk, and in an hour and a half, I'll, I'll say what I have to say. Well, I'll yield the mic to you right now. Oh, you're going to yield it to me right now? Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Here's the thing. What has happened is, if you want to go directly to, uh, say, the driver's license, that's a perfect example. Okay? What you've done when you go and sign up for a driver's license, well, guess what? We have unalienable rights. We have the right to travel and all that. You can go and look into Supreme Court rulings. Supreme Court, gosh, I've got over 50 pages of Supreme Court rulings where they say you don't have to have registration, you don't have to have insurance, you you know, you have to do all of this stuff. But instead, but instead, people go ahead and they enroll with the Department of Motor Vehicles. Well, the Department of Vehicles has their own list of freaking things that you have to do and don't have to do. Okay? Well, it's mostly things you do have to do. <laughs> Beautiful, isn't it? And you you have to renew your license every so often. You have to have insurance. You have to renew your registration. All this crap. Okay? And what you've done is you've surrendered your rights, your enable rights that you really had to them. But what did they give you back? They gave you nothing back other than a liability. Penalties. They, they gave you liabilities to where now you are responsible for crap. What's the question at hand? Because you lost me. Are you ready for the question? In other words, 
In other words, what what is what is the question you're raising? Well, we were talking about where our rights are surrendered at and where we get them back at. That's what it's all about. Right. And 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 are you are you saying that a form how should I say this? Uh a proper uh journal society is not a remedy? I wasn't talking about a proper journal society at all. I I didn't touch on that topic one bit. Oh. I mean, so a proper must, journal okay. society, if you really want to know what that needs to be, uh, mm-hmm. everybody within that needs to have a proper status. Ooh. Otherwise, otherwise, it's going to be a bunch of people <laughs> with Walmart hats on looking at their manager going, oh, I don't work for you. And the Walmart manager is going to freaking laugh and say, yeah, I'll get back to work. And and that's what happened even with the Bundy situation. Yeah. Has everyone else spoken on the Bundy issue right now? Does anyone else wish to speak on the Bundy issue? The Bundy issue is close to my heart. Yeah, I love the Bundy issue. And the problem is, is that people are coming forward saying, I don't freaking belong to you. Your rules don't apply to me. But the, they're still wearing the freaking Walmart hat. But you know what? You need to get rid of the Walmart hat. That will fix the matter. I didn't see no Walmart hat on any Bundys. No, but it's presumed and assumed. You have to to fix the assumption. It's an unlawful presumption. Oh, yeah, sure, it's unlawful, but you have to freaking correct it. No, you don't. Not if it's unlawful. Uh, No, it doesn't matter. You know what? Just because it's voidable doesn't mean it's voided. It can be a voidable situation, but you have to void it first. That's a maxim of law. That's a maxim of law. Well, I'm, your, your, your maxim may be correct in some specific situations, but I don't think it, it's being applied properly with regard to the Bundy issue that we're raising here. Well, well, no, you know, he brought it up. Uh, you know, my, else, my, uh, my heart is near and dear to the Bundy situation. It really is. And, you know, I, I wish these guys could freaking get a grip on what's really going on. I really do. Brian, I'd like to comment that the, the general problem with that I have with the thrust of your arguments is that they tend to legitimize the epidemic of corruption in the judiciary. See, when you can posture like there's some kind of contract out there in which it's the Bundy's fault for the way they were treated, when they made good faith arguments at every level of of interaction with the de facto's, and they still got stinking railroaded by those jackbooted Nazis, then I got a problem when you try to blame the Bundy's for what those jackbooted Nazis in black robes are doing to them. No, 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 please. I apologize. I do not blame the, the freaking Bundys at all for what the crap is going on. Sounded I mean, like it. No, I don't. I don't blame them at all. I mean, I I totally respect them. I love them. You know, I I freaking spoke to. Um, but didn't you say they're wearing the Walmart hat? Beg your yeah. pardon. Didn't that, you say they're wearing the Walmart? Yo, he did say that. Yo, I. Why did no, you no, say I, that? No, say what? Let me hear what he said. 
You, it's, I thought you said that the Bundys are wearing the Walmart hat. No, 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 no. It, to me, the way I look at it is that they're operating in one position. They don't even realize that. And, yeah, I did say, they the way the government looks at it is that they're wearing a Walmart hat saying, we don't belong to you. And the government's saying, you're full of shit. Get back to work. You know, you know what, uh, 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 Charles, Charles, if you don't mind, listen, Charles, I'm talking to you. What he's saying is that the Bundys, as well as Lavoie Finnegan, did not make qualified elector status claims. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know what? I spoke to freaking over text with Lavoie the night before he freaking went away. And you know what? The next day down here in Florida, I, I, I'm getting chills running up my spine right now. Because the next day, it started raining at about 1 o'clock in the afternoon down here. It never rains at that time down here. And it rained for 24 hours. And as soon as it started raining, I started getting phone calls from people letting me know what had happened to boy. My heart cried because I knew what had actually really happened. I knew what he had actually uncovered. It broke my heart. It totally broke my heart. And my heart still cries over that. We need to build a community that is capable of ensuring that that kind of evil doesn't happen to the next patriot that follows in Lavoie's path. Well, you know what? We are here. We are the ones that are supposed to be standing in the quake. We are supposed to be preventing this and educating each other. And that's, Charles, that's what you're doing. Uh, Donaldson, I would hope that's what you're doing. But, I mean, that is (laughs) the objective. This is hilarious. You said that? Wow. Have you, have After you, all have the... you, can I say something? Have yeah. you guys read the letter that uh, uh, Anna Van uh, Rice wrote to the Pope? Can we, can, we, can we keep talking about the, the Bundys? Well, that's what I'm telling you about. Listen to me. The Pope right. owns everything. Owns you, owns the land you're in. You don't have a loyal title to your property, so they own everything. So what I'm saying to you how did they end up owning everything? Somebody let them. How? They acquiesced to what they wanted. Oh, my God. Charles, you didn't make the, other day, the other day, Charles, we were talking about um, going to the uh, alternative county. Just earlier today, actually, on a, on a phone call, I spoke to you and I said, you know what? If I'm not able to locate a way to make public notice of my claim of head of household in my county via a forum on the Internet, sponsored by the city or something like that. If I can't do it for free, right, then I'll just go to the next county and see if they have an outlet, right? Well, I believe Lavoy Finnicum was aware of that same information. He, he knew what we know about common law and about townships. And uh, I don't know if he knew exactly. He was not specifying it the way you are. This is why I honor Charles, everybody, okay? Because the way that he has described the remedy is 
beyond a shadow of a doubt, more comprehensive than, than propaganda that we have previously been listening to. I don't think anyone on this call could deny that. Brian? Well, you know what? Uh, the only thing I, I really saw from a boy, because the night before he, he uh, passed away, I, I got a video from him where he showed what was really being hidden up there. And it, it was all this crap from the frickin' Masons. Yeah. All this stuff that was hidden back in the frickin' uh, tunnels and things like that. And stuff that he found that had dust on it that was buried down inside some of the caverns and everything. And I was like, oh, my God. When he when I saw that I was like, dude, you have no idea what you just uncovered. This is gonna this could be freaking very harmful. And of course it was. Listen, I think you're not focusing on the most important thing here. And that is the check this out, you guys. You're gonna flip I hope you guys go crazy over this, right? But check this out. It's called the Natural Hazard Mitigation Plan. And what it was was Harney County Right, they enacted this natural hazard mitigation plan, whereby they incorporated uh, count different counties that and different uh, municipalities from from the local area, from that area, to actually get involved in the the hazard mitigation plan. Okay, dude. So, dude, you don't and, realize the judge and what that they was did. Charge... What Judge Grasty, excuse me, if you don't Go ahead. mind. Go ahead. What Judge Grasty did, okay, by permitting the natural hazard mitigation plan to proceed, okay, was basically violate the, the fundamental principles of common law, which relate to the taking of property. And that's exactly what was happening with livestock for Lavoy Finicum, as well as, uh, you know, just the taking of the uh, natural resources there, okay, by uh, civil authorities, namely uh, Russia, okay, which is a civil law country, okay? And just because the federal government and Russia get along very well because they can doesn't necessarily mean that they have the authority to come in policing, okay, on private territory. Can I tell you what else Judge Grasky did? Anyways. Can I tell you sure. what else he did? He removed um, the judge that was in charge of the probate court, and he put himself in charge of that, which meant that he was now in charge of everybody's birth certificates and their <laughs> estates. Yep. And I just heard somebody say yep, so I, I know there's other listeners here that know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, if I might jump in, Charles, here. Um, I believe Judge Grousley was, uh, recognized his jurisdiction as a judge. Was that it's, of a county judge? It's Grassy. Okay. Grassy Grass with a T. Okay. okay, well, the the larger point is that that he actually had a pure common law jurisdiction that was not a franchise from the de facto state. He He could have... If he was exercising that office in an honorable manner, he had authority to um, 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 
step into the vacuum of, of honorable judicial process there and provide pure common law remedy to adjudicate the entire dispute over the, the wildlife refuge. But but he didn't do that. He misconstrued his position uh, with, with his common law jurisdiction as a municipal franchise from the de facto state, and thereunder uh, 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 he, he obstructed the cause of justice with regard to the boy Finnicum and the Bundys that were trying to bring forth justice in that county. Charles, well, you know what? Yo, Charles, that was eloquent, Charles. What? Yes, I will not. Did. I will not let you slide on that one right there. You, that was impressive the way you said where the way you stated that. If you didn't know, you guys, Charles is one of the most eloquent speakers of law that I have ever come across, and Brent Winters too. But Charles is definitely on that on that same level. Good job, dude. Thank you, Jeremiah. Fuck well, yeah, dude. The, the thing is, Charles put himself in a position to be able to administrate the estates of other people. Uh, you mean Judge Grasty? Yeah, Grasty was able to put himself in a position to administrate other people's estates. And if you don't know the difference between you and your estate, it's something you have to look into. Well, you violated due process to do that. Well, they all do all the time. They do that all the time. They don't care. Uh, I know, I know. But but see, if we get back to communities based on due process of law, Judge Grasty and, and the other jackbooted Nazis won't have no wiggle room to pull that kind of crap. Right? And you're, abs- you're absolutely correct, Charles, and that's what everybody needs to do. They need to hold them liable to what they really are and not supposed to be able to do. Right, but but the corrupted judiciary is epidemic presently. We need a paradigm shift in the structure of our American judiciary. But well, the, uh, I, I agree. Uh, let, me, let me let me say this: before you can do that, you're going to have to have educated people. You know, you cannot have five people. We, we can't sit around with our thumbs in our pockets while while we try to educate people. We got blood flowing in the streets. We can learn while doing the the, the apprentices. Watch those of us on the front lines doing this stuff. Point of interest, Donaldson, that it's futile to wait. It's futile to wait. It's futile to wait. That's four words. Under administrative law, right, the exhaustion of remedies, right, happens when you've already been hurt or injured. And it's futile to wait because you've already been injured. So there's no need to exhaust administrative remedies. Okay, uh, Donaldson. Let me ask you this: what's what's the answer then? How do you how do you fix it? Well, we could start by uh, bringing jury verdicts in behalf of the Bundys. No, that that's from you, Charles. I want let to me, hear let me, Do- Donaldson's answer. Are you mm-hmm. asking how to fix the Bundy situation? Cause no, how, how to fix the whole situation? How do you fix the whole situation? To where we are supposedly <laughs> held as the surety for the frickin' debt of the nation. Well, first of all, how do you fix the situation where um, you got a helpless rabbit who is about to become the dinner of a of like a predator, a wild predator? How do you fix that? Right. Right. Well, that's that's actually the frickin' definition of democracy. But how do we fix the situation? to keep us from being the surety for the death of the nation. 
you never you you're never going to be able to fix it ever. No, yeah. all you can do is secure yourself and your community from from being invaded we by, have to by do foreign it. interests we have to do it at grassroots level yeah and take and secure you yourself you you, get, you have to you have to put the oxygen on yourself before yeah. you can take care of your child when the plane's going down Okay, here's here's another answer for you. So we we have uh, excuse me, have we come to an agreement here? Oh, sorry about that. I think we have consent, you guys, on one level at least uh, that we have to actually act as individuals in a uniform, you know, proceeding in, a, in a kind of a uniform yeah, way. Yeah, that that I would agree with is that we have to take care of ourselves first. Absolutely. Okay. We have to expatriate first. No, 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 no. You don't expatriate. Can I explain that for a second? Hell yeah. Was that okay with everybody? Yes. All right. When I was born, okay, yeah, I was born on this land, but so was my dog. So was my cat. They aren't freaking... They aren't freaking part of the society, this political society. That makes no sense. If you look at your birth certificate, the and I hate to say your birth certificate, it's not your birth certificate. It's a right. certificate for an organization that was created in your name. And if you look at that, it the only thing it says is male or female. Male or female are words created by the corporation. Okay. It's not boy, girl, or anything like that. It's male, female. It's it. Those are actually animal words. Okay. So, all right. But there's. I, I'm not an animal. Well, well. I mean, did, first of all, let's just I, say this. That's, can I continue? Where who is did it? I? Brian? Where did I ever make an oath or affirmation to some government? Nobody has. Nobody's ever done that. Yeah, you can't so we've got a bunch of stateless people running around in America, and they get, they get dragged into court, and in court they want to freaking say, oh, I've got freaking constitutional rights. Well, how do you have any of those rights? You don't. You never made an oath or affirmation to anything. <laughs> I'll end with that. All right, I yield. Go ahead, guys. So, so you didn't answer why you didn't have to expatriate. That's 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 because you're in the system. You're still in the plantation. So, you, uh, what I'm talking about expatriation, you need to uh, give him the, the strawman bag. Get out of the system. No, no, he totally answered it. He's there's no oath, there's no affirmation, there's no nothing that says you're loyal. So you don't have to expatriate if you're not loyal. Hello. Look, let Thank, me you. Ask you question. Thank you, Donaldson. Thank you, Donaldson. The black people that came Easy. in this America, okay, they got taken by force into the plantation. How did they get out of it? You were taken by force into this plantation, and there's nothing you can do about it because they got more guns, more money. So how else are you going to do it? Physically, you can't do it. That's what I believe. That's why you need the spirituals. Because you, you guys are trying to do it all. Irrelevant. It's not no, terrible. I no, I am 100% on top of the spiritual situation. You know, you look at what happened with the David and Goliath, okay? 
David Goliath, what did he do? You know, he put stones. He put words into something. He threw it. That's he right. knew what he was doing. Uh, that's what brought him down. Yeah, that's how we put him down, but with words. Absolutely. Well, and, but it's written word that puts it down. Well, you can also speak it. You know, Mark eleven twenty three and twenty four. You gotta, you gotta really make a study of that two, two scriptures, uh, because that's a whole, that's a whole process. How the Holy Jesus works on earth. That's supposed to work. And then, and then after you do that, you send Peter fishing and get some gold to pay the taxes. I don't, you know, that's not a good example. You know what I'm saying? But he did a miracle thing, in other words. No, I totally appreciate what you're saying. You are so correct. So, so that's the first thing we need to do. We need to speak to the situation at hand, the, the mountain, and then believe you receive the plan to work it out and manifest it. But first you have to speak it out. In the beginning, God said, he didn't, he, didn't, uh, he didn't do great. anything until he said it first. You have to say but it. Let's, let's, go, let's, go, let's go, you guys, on to You're this right. issue of tax. Work. Check this out. Tax, right? When you tithe, right. tithing into the common law community with that you're from, like the township, <clears throat> let's say you get 10 heads of households, right? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh you're taking us now into the tax issue? Yes. You're taking us totally away from this other conversation, and you're leading <laughs> us into tax. Yes, yeah, right. I am. But I'm going to steer it right back. Well, into why, why, why are you leading us from one issue to another? Because I want to, I want to point out uh, an issue of common law that you may not Charles, be observing. Charles Stewart, are you on still? Yes, I am. You Charles. know... You know, originally this conversation this evening was something that is near and dear to my heart, which is establishing our own juries within our own communities. And that is something that I thought that is very important to you. And this whole conversation has been led totally away from that. And that kind of hurts me a little bit because that's what I really want. Well, I think you're generally bringing in uh, what might loosely be phrased an indictment against Brother Jeremiah Donaldson here. And um, um, I will concede that it's my impression that Brother Jeremiah is is taking a bit too much liberty with um, um, bouncing around with different subject matter. Well, I kind of want to talk to everybody about how do we establish our own general societies in our own counties? Because I think I once we do that, that's where the, the power issue. is really going to lie at. And I don't think... I will that, address the issue. I, I don't think that Daniel or whatever wants to talk about this because this is where the power lies at. And if you go back it's, and... Uh, who's talking? If you go back and Is that Brian? And listen. Brian, listen. Are you a qualified elector? Are you? 
yes, I am. Okay, who qualified you? Charles Stewart from Oregon. Okay, that's fine. I just want to know. I I just want to get everybody on the same page here. That's all. You're not though. Right now, I don't believe you have authority to actually intervene in what I'm trying to uh, uh, inform you with. At this oh. point, I wish you would re- uh, retract. Hold on, just give me two minutes to express my issue regarding tax and common law, and you might find it to be relevant to our entire agenda. Okay? I'm, I'm not trying to be so, you know, dramatic, but the bottom line is that when you're you're tithing to your local township, it takes the place of, you're, you're tithing to your government, you're basically, you know, that, this is your local government. It's a ground-up operation, you know? So, uh, you know, any type of other tax that would come would be an excise tax. And that's unconstitutional. Well, I don't think about, think about what I'm saying. It makes total sense. Right, but I don't tithe. <laughs> I mean, I know who I know who my God is. Okay. And further, I think Brian was honorably trying to focus on um, um, the issue of juries in our small local communities, which I believe. Well, it wasn't Brian that mentioned tax, so I was wrong, Brian. I wasn't. I wasn't attacking you at all in any way. I was actually. Joe had mentioned tax, so there's no, the misunderstanding. So I apologize, that's Brian. That's okay. No, that's okay. I really appreciate what Charles is doing, and I think that we need to be able to learn how to set up our own societies inside of our own counties. And you know, I, I've been uh, talking. Point to of like information. Neighbors. Point of information. Uh, it's not just Charles that's doing it. It's also Donaldson, a.k.a. Jeremiah. Okay, well. And I am doing the exact same thing. All right. Thank you, Donaldson. Appreciate that. But I'm just saying that my main thing is that we all need to be able to establish uh, these societies within our own counties. That's where the power is really at. And that's what Charles has told everybody. He said that on so many calls, and people don't get it. How many people are going out and really trying to establish some of these societies within their own counties? Meet their neighbors, talk to them, teach them, educate them. To me, that is a very important thing, and I'll yield with that. Thank you for the kind words, Brian. I appreciate that. Well, I really appreciate what you're doing, Charles. Um I I I have several oh issues with you that I don't agree with, but that really doesn't matter. What we need to do is we need to unify. That's the important thing. Well, see, the rubber meets the road at the issue of the qualified electors. Because, see, there are people that posture as being honorable among us that are really here to do nothing other than disrupt and, and take us off of the godly righteous issues that we're presently focused on. And and we, we need to filter them out. That's why the decentralized process for certifying the qualified electors is so advantageous. Um, it's really liberal at the grassroots level, but 
if if there's a real subversive coming in and bamboozling people in the local township into thinking he's a qualified elector, all of a sudden when 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 he starts percolating on up to the precinct level jurisdiction uh, in either a court case or as a candidate uh, uh, for a member of the precinct level um, uh, court of justice, court of law, hundred court, um, then then he's gaining more influence, and at that point he will be uh, uh, judicially examined with more scrutiny. And, and at that point, um, uh, discoveries may be ma- made uh, about certain things of either his behavior or his historical past patterns of behavior that come to light that will cause um, um, uh, the higher-level tribunal that is like the mosaic model. The higher, the more, the more difficult cases get passed on up to Moses. Um, as you go on up in the hierarchy, there's more intense levels of scrutiny, and and, and so it takes a real serious deceiver, a real talented deceiver, to be able to enter up into the higher levels of the organic hierarchy that is. Uh, uh, generally um, uh, uh, referenced through the biblical metaphor of the 144,000. That's the logical culmination of what we're looking at here. Um, And so, um, 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 when when we realize that that our, our, uh, you, you, you said things like, like we all need to come together. Yes, when we have the proper filters in place, and 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 we're open to everybody to 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 assume the burdens of a qualified elector and and reap the benefits thereof. But but um, um, when we we start singing kumbaya with people before God. We've got to make sure that our 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 music is pure, that 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 we're not allowing any devil worshippers in here that are engaging in any secret human ritual, child sacrifices, or anything, just because they pretend like like they're qualified electors and they're really secretive devil worshippers. We can't tolerate it. We got to be scrutinizing the people on the outer fringes, and um um. So you know, there's a lot of people on the left, especially that want uh, uh, everybody to be treated equal and and sing kumbaya. We're all a bunch of tree huggers, and life wonderful. Well, the oh, devil, the devil. You don't believe in equal protection, right? so you don't well, believe in equal protection, right? No. Pardon? Can I can I ask you what a qualified elector is? Not yet, dude. Oh, can I you wait a second? To... All right, never mind. Can you can you wait a sec, Charles? You don't believe in the uh, in what in the in the former the equal protection of laws? Was that your point of yeah? Um, I believe in equal protection of the laws. A second ago, you said there was it was like you would you didn't believe in it. I, I don't think I used those words. I'm not stating it in, in, in such an adversarial way. I'm well, really trying to not trying to pull out the fact either. that if you've got <laughs> an indictment with my choice of words, please repeat my specific words and then say why you think they are in conflict with the concept of equal protection. Okay. 
because a broad equal protection of law under common law, right, would would actually incorporate satanic worship instead of actually excluding it. Well, if we've got probable cause to form the belief that that certain human beings are engaging in murder, murder is a punishable crime, and qualified electors don't engage in murder, brother. Jeremiah, That's different. I didn't. Well, well satanic yeah, worship point, doesn't always happen. The murderers murder. don't get. They, they abdicate their equal. Well, no, it is equal protection of the law because when you when you commit a crime, you get punished by the law just like anybody else that would commit that crime. That's equal. You know what? These satanic. Okay, first of all, let's let's remember something. All of religion has been modified by man. No, 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 I beg to differ. There is a true, pure form of Christianity that it's unfashionable, it's obscured, it only exists in little bits of holograms that are floating around in the ether, but but uh, there is pure forms of religion out there, and, and, and the evidence of it is the common law 12 man jury trial process. Well, I mean, I back you up on that. I'm never going to ever get away from that. I 100% support you, Charles. You you got to realize. That. Not only that, I actually qualify as an elector. Okay. Can I say something? Uh, you got to sure. understand something, guys. All these all these common law stuff and all these dual societies is not going to be needed in when when this earth is uh, reigned by heaven. So this is all temporary stuff, okay? I beg to differ, but go ahead, Joe. What you have to do is you're going to set up the kingdom on earth as the Father wants it according to his law. The new, the right, new well, Testament. the Exodus 18 model is his law. That's God's law. Which one? Exodus 18, the hierarchy of the townships, the precincts, and the counties. Well, that's, that was a law for the Jew. I'm not a Jew. The, the, the Christians carried on with the same law there, Joe. I'm not a Christian either. I'm a believer. I'm a, um, I'm a people of the way. Christians. Well, you, you, you believe in the ministry of Jesus Christ, don't you? I believe, I believe in, his, uh, in his gospel. And I believe he's the yeah. son of God. He's my savior. And he rose, died and rose from the dead. Well, he... He... he uh, 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 stabilized and perpetuated that Israelite common law uh, governmental structure into our Anglo-American constitutional common law. Okay, show me. Show me where that's where. Where, where did he start that? After the disciples, after he left the earth, what did the disciples do? Did they go around establishing common law? Yeah, they did. Where? When? What did Paul, Where do I see Paul the apostle? Peter, all the 12 apostles in the New Testament, in, in the Bible, that he went around establishing common law and forgot about going out there and, and preaching the, the word of the kingdom. Well, common law is part of the, the, the Christian ministry. I don't see Paul sure, the here, Excuse me. Rome. I would like Wait, to interject. Let me finish. I didn't see Paul the apostles preaching okay. Rome or Jerusalem. Here, okay. The problem is this, you guys, that uh, the Christianity has been just so altered, you know, 
throughout the ages. Not only that, but Paul was also, you know, uh, according to Revelations, not re just Revelations from the Bible, but also the Jesus Lived in India book, right? Uh, and Paul and his teachings as well. That's another book, Paul and his teachings. That book right there will reveal quite a bit to you about the origins of the New Testament, okay? And uh, the how 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 the story of Jesus has been manipulated by the Church of Rome, by would be you know Pharisees. Paul was a Pharisee, you guys, who be, who became a Christian, with no one to actually witness the transformation other than his own testimony. We need to remember that Paul is his own witness in his account on the road to Damascus. I think you're belaboring the point there, Jeremiah. Well, I'm just I'm just bringing some light to the fact that a lot of so, the a lot of a lot of what we're believing in, right, is based on principle, not necessarily mere fact of law, right? Because in God's kingdom, right, it's not there's only really one law. Just you know, right? Uh, do good to yourself. Do good to other people. You know, you know. What's the real law? There is no law, you know, like in God's in the Garden of Eden. It's a law. If, if I can, no Yeshua, law. Yeshua said he came not to change the law or destroy the law. He came to perfect the law. And if people well, yeah. think about that in that light, they might get some answers. Yeah, you you gotta understand something, though, brother. I don't know what was your name again. That's Brian. Uh, Brian. Yeah, this is I I'm just Brian. That's all I am. Hey Brian, uh you gotta understand something though, man, that uh I've I've done by revelation. Not not by studying books, by revelation. And uh <clears throat> and uh let me see, where were we? Bring me to mind because I just kinda took off. I was talking about Paul the Apostle and his teachings. We're talking about the uh, uh you know, uh, authenticity of the New Testament. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Here, here's what you gotta remember: that uh, the letter of the law kills, but the spirit brings life. So every word you see from different Bibles, everything you have to go and get the revelation spiritually. And I'm talking about mentally. When you read something, you're reading something. How to correct your political status and why? We're talking about physical things right here. And the mind can understand that. But you have to understand that the word is spirit. Every word the Father speaks is spirit. And you cannot hear it. You cannot even say what he's saying if you cannot, if you're not healed. You need to hear first. If All you right. cannot, you're not going to understand. So if you don't know how to hear spiritually, it's like not being able to see physically. Mm -hmm. All right. So, so let me good point. point. Good, good point, brother. What's what's who's next? Uh, uh, what I'm saying is, if you uh, if you take the if you take the common law, and you get the spirit of it, just get the spirit of that law. You don't need to memorize a bunch of stuff because now it's in your spirit, and when you get something in your spirit. I don't know if you ever played music, but you practice music so much. You know, I play guitar. 
that pretty soon you're not even aware of what you're doing. You're just playing from the spirit. And you'll know the note, and you don't know what note it is. It's, it became part of you. It became, it became, it, it became spirit. So we, Paul the Apostle said this, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the precious put upon your flesh. He's absolutely correct. And, correct. Then, he said, and then he said, the, the flesh and blood cannot inherit the reign of the Father. You cannot establish reign physically. That's what I'm trying to tell you guys. You oh, cannot you're, force you're correct. spirit. Otherwise it becomes dictatorship and law and you can't do this you can't do that you know you can't you can't work on saturday all this kind of bull crap you know that the religious Christians <laughs> well, people misunderstand the whole intent i think yeah. it's totally correct so it's got to be in the spirit you see that's the main thing it's got to be the spirit Whatever that's why do, that's why when i open up my calls on sundays I say, it's Sunday. Hello. This is not the seventh <laughs> day of the week. This right. is the first day of the week. So you, I, what do you, I don't believe it's Charles' intention to actually focus on the religious aspects of the common law as, as you know, as it is so much as just focus on the fact that we form uh, common law du jour townships and rural societies. Well, if you don't realize the religious aspect, you'll never be able to freaking grab everything. Exactly. The spiritual thing. Is that so? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It, it's all spirit. You know what? When I first started researching all this info, I really thought I was going to find a bunch of, like, atheists and things like that. I've said, <laughs> I've, I've said this before in my calls. I really thought that's what I was going to find. I thought I was going to find a bunch of haters and stuff. You know, I went to a religious school my whole life. I never went to a freaking public school. I never went to a government indoctrination school, all right? And so I really thought that when I started researching the info to find out what I really wanted to know, I thought I was really going to find out and, and run across a bunch of people that freaking hated, like, Christianity, they hated Buddhism, they hated all that stuff. You know what I found? I found a bunch of very spiritual people, and I have learned a whole bunch of stuff from them. I am so grateful. I have found some of the greatest people in the world since I started doing this, and I'm very thankful. I'll yield with that. Nice words, Brian. Uh, let me see here. My phone is running down, guys. I have to run the other room here. Plug my phone. Okay, Joe. I'm going to put a link into the chat of of Charles's archive with the townships and the precinct, the breakdown of it all, because I think that's ultimately the most important piece that we need to be taking away from this. Despite all the religious debate, like, it's free and diverse where we're at. And what we're doing is good stuff here. And I'm going to put this link in. I'm going to mute out now. And if I can, I just want to say, you know what? What everybody is doing here is everybody is coming together. It's not about a religious man-made BS kind of thing. This is what was created for us by our creator. 
we are all supposed to come together and come in agreement and take care of the problems that we have. And that's what's happening right now. And I love seeing that because that's what's going on. I, I think this is so beautiful. I really do. That's it, man. Amen. I agree. I'm glad we're harmonizing in our spiritual essence here. I'm glad we've we seem to be making progress past our past difficulties in in working towards harmony in our spirits. Um, and I do hope it can continue. But I'd like to make the record and and making it real clear that I'm really hard ass about filtering out people that are not qualified electors. Um, and and yeah, I like to think I'm a pretty tolerant guy. I got a pretty high threshold for bullshit. But but th- there comes points when 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 my pot just starts boiling over, and I got to start slashing with a broadsword. <laughs> Charles, well, I just had a visual. I just had a visualization of you slashing with a broadsword. <laughs> Why well, would you say I- that? Charles, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What do you consider a qualified elector? Um, people that maintain the the honorable characteristics necessary to bring forth justice in their communities. All right. Uh, I think I've pretty much done that. I I think I've fixed my status here in my town, or in my state, at least. But I, I wouldn't be, in order to be a qualified elector, I'm not so concerned about whether or not people got paperwork in order that, that will create a presumption that they're not part of the de facto jurisdiction. I'm more concerned about how the people walk and talk and treat each other. Correct. Yeah, that's actually what I really wanted to hear from you. Thank you. Um, and I've got a call coming up on Sunday, Sunday night, Central Sovereignty, and I'd love to have you there. What's your What's your number, brother? Uh, my number? Yeah. What call? How, how do you How do you make the call? Oh, you can go to. Um, Oh uh, gosh, you can get on technical sovereignty. Yeah, you can go to. What did you call? Pick? What, it's one four three three two one. One four three two three one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Roddy, Roddy K. I'm sure will be there disrupting everything. <laughs> okay. So so it's a so it's like an online call or something. Or yeah. Yeah, well, it's a call that's done on TalkShoe. And I've got 20-some calls there. I, I've got a bunch of calls done on YouTube as well. I mean, okay. it's just a place where you can go and learn opinions from other people and what you need to do to uh, alienate yourself from this de facto regime. Right. Let me see if that's right. One I, was right. One four three two three one, right? Yeah, one four three three two one. Oh, three two but, one. Yep. Got it. One four three three two one. 
Uh, and that, that's the Sunday night call. Thank you. And I'm going on with the assembly for Florida on, uh, I think, Monday or Tuesday. I'm going to be going on with them. We're going to be talking about PMAs, private membership associations. Everybody needs to learn what a private membership association is because that is really what's controlling everything right now. Brian? Yeah, what's up, bro? Uh, I really have trouble attending conferences where the gurus in charge of the conference aren't trying to make good faith uh, uh, discussion with other gurus such as myself that have differing dissenting views. Um, Well, as far as dissenting views or whatever, I mean, if I'm on a freaking call and I have control over it, I will work and let you have a a total open mic to ask questions. I think everybody needs to be able to ask questions and talk. Can I make make propositions? Uh, Yeah, sure, why not? I I don't see a problem with that. Well, that's that's a little bit more assertive, which I appreciate, than just asking questions. Asking questions is kind of subservient. Making propositions a little bit more bold and assertive. Right. No, I I want everybody to be able to come in together and freaking discuss things and bring up propositions, whatever the case may be. And all right, uh, Donaldson, welcome to come along with me there. Yeah, sure. And right. you know, everybody should be able to come together to be able to fix the situation that we're in. As long as that's the overriding concern, I'll be glad to participate there. What time are you? And I don't see a conference scheduled yet. Uh, but, yeah, what time are you? Um, okay. Uh, Sunday night, I haven't scheduled it yet. But it don't Sunday, look like Sunday night, there'll be a call. But I, I've got a call. I was invited to come to the Florida Assembly call on Tuesday, I think at 4 o'clock, if I remember correctly. And I'll go there. They want to talk about PMAs, Private Membership Associations. All right. Who's the guru in charge of that call? Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember his name. Well, it's not- uh, John Lovett was one of them. Okay. Are, are they closely associated with Mr. Livingway? No, that's not part of Livingway's situation, no. Okay, I'm glad you're sharing those details with me. Yeah. No, that's not I part think, of Charles, Livingway. private membership associations, or PMAs, right, have more to do with administrative procedure, okay, in, in, in re- with regards to things like uh um uh like say for example um Sears. Let's just take Sears Corporation, right? Even though they sold their appliance hey. to to uh to Amazon. The point is they may have their own little private administrative board, right, that 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 has their oh, administrative there. procedures. They're not necessarily uh, the PMA, right? Private 
what what did he call it before? What private what, Brian? Brian. Brian. Okay. So private membership association or something like that, right? And really all that is is either like a homeowners association or some private community of like that you're living in, okay? And they maybe you have some common law rule amongst your amongst your society with with your membership contract or whatnot, you know. But uh ultimately uh you know we're not responsible under you know in our dural societies to be uh, bound by uh, the contracts of multinational corporations which have uh, these uh, quasi quasi judicial administrative bodies Brian Brian Scott <laughs> Brian came really? into Florida, and Florida hung up. Well, he oh. lost contact, something. I don't know what happened, but he's no what longer the? here. <laughs> That's weird timing, right? Uh, I, 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 I wouldn't I'd be um, too suspicious. A lot of weird stuff happens. Yeah, it does. But remember, too, what I, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? They, I mean, private administrative law is not something that's a big secret right right and, and I, I like your gen, the general thrust of your argument that what they're talking about there is all under administrative law it's yeah. not um, uh, converting us over to to the common law definitions of private and public right just yeah exactly just because he's bringing this to the to light TM, TMAs does not negate the fact that there's still an ignorance in the area of the common law jural societies, which is a de jure form of law in America, which is being ignored. Right. You know, so, I mean, it's like Brian is uh, in some ways uh, not showing himself to be um, having yet, I mean, he sounds interested, you know, like in, in finding out more, and I think I think that just the fact that he has uh, been been willing to <laughs> been willing to uh, the, the, you know dialogue is respectful. Jeremiah. Yes, Jeremiah. sir. Can I ask you a question? I'm here now. Why? Why? <laughs> Do you want to have a dual society and not a common law court? Is everybody going to be that? Be, that they're saying this township, everybody has to join the society. Is that what you're saying? Instead of having a a, a, a common well, let me ask you this: Where mm-hmm. when a dual society start, and how did uh, the Articles of Confederation moved before there was a society, or uh, what did they do? What do you, a society? Do I don't mean? know. I a wasn't society, there. A society would have to include everybody in your area? Or a society just, would have to. Oh, actually, to be honest with you, and under the common law townships, 
Dural Society's demographic plan or makeup is uh, the identification of 100 courts again. So it's basically a reinstallation of the esoteric common law of England, which is actually backed up by statute under the Roman Civil Authority right now in California. In other words, every well, why, single... Why, why would the Roman have to authorize Why is he not... What? Why would the Roman... Is, is, what did you say about the Roman now? I didn't catch that. What I said was that California Civil Code of Procedures, Civil Code of Procedure 22.2, states yeah. that the rule of decision in all the courts of this state shall be the common law of England. Oh, okay. Okay. So and so. So that's when we that's think of Roman, that's Roman this law. Is, then. It, it is Roman law, but what it does is secure the rights of the people, because all statutes and constitutions are actually binding on the government, not, and binding mostly on 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 citizens. Contract ease or people with minimum contact who accept the benefit of the state, or who somehow create a nexus and become intertwined, okay, and entangled. Yeah, that's good. That's kind of heavenly there. <laughs> yeah, go on, bro. That's, I like that. Who wouldn't like that? Well, who wouldn't like that? Who? Uh, the only person who wouldn't like that, I mean, you know... <laughs> somebody whose intention is to do wrong and just do evil and just his nature is just evil, you know? Because uh, all, all I see is just, it's a blessing, right? It's a blessing for everybody involved. You should call it the blessing society, brother, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Where, yeah. where do you get this jewelry from, jewelry? I mean, where's that come from? The jewel society? No, that actually... Where do the juries begin? Juries. I mean, that's just... Okay, juries. well, com- juries, juries actually are um, originate from courts of communities, which basically just were basically community meetings originally in common law of England. They began with, like, um, just community meetings. They weren't even organized juries like we know them today. Okay. Uh, we, yeah. Go ahead. Well, after that, I mean, they got more organized, especially um, because um, there was the need to do that in the face of the the Roman civil law invasion after, you know, after 1066. Right. See what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So so, so it was was inevitable that that, um, the du jour, uh, the, the, the republic, the way the people had had been living their lives with their journal societies uh, with the common law being precedent and being also not just the king's courts. Because when you think about this monarchy or this king's court situation, right? Yeah. Out there in, in England. Right. And we're talking about the common law, the king being able to go out into the community and use the law and customs to actually make determinations about uh, who was guilty or innocent. You see what I'm saying? He, what he was doing was he wasn't using his own law. He was using the laws and customs of communities as as he would bring his his court, which was called the IRE, was the IRE system, 
Was, was he, King Charles? You need to, you need to do your research. Yeah, was King Charles? What? I thought King Charles. Uh, my, uh, my understanding of King Charles was uh, the deal with the Catholic Church. Did you hear what I just said? Well, yeah. The the ire system, whereby the king would travel around the countryside and hear cases. And when he came into town, the sheriff would have to relinquish his wand of justice to the king until the end of the proceedings. I mean, it was basically like the coming of, you know, a huge parade or some huge, like, festival into the town, and then they had to get ready for it and everything, you know. It was the yeah. coming of the just uh, the coming of the justices, basically, and the king's court. So, when we're talking about, you know, Jural common, yeah, journal societies, what we're, what we're really saying is that um, this concept of king, right, which yeah. resides in the sovereignty of every of the people, that's that's the common law of England. You see what I'm saying? That I know. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. There, though. Sorry. In, in other words, in other words, uh, but I don't agree with it, you. By, via the via the Magna Carta, you see, you have to remember that the Magna Carta represented the taking back of the common law by the people. Oh, now, yeah. let's not forget. Okay, let's not forget. Go ahead, dude. Okay, here's the deal, okay? Everybody mm-hmm. in ahead. the world, everybody in the world uh, is not eligible, is not eligible for the common law. If that's what you say common law is, because <laughs> common law, you let me say what I mean. It's not eligible. I do. Okay? You you cannot go to heaven in your own works with your own ideas and your own <sighs> plans and your own efforts. You cannot even Look. get saved or born again with your own efforts. So so the dual society Sir. cannot cannot uh, 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 let people who are not not. Let me see how it is. I'm gonna have to say, sir. You're Joe, right? Yeah. Okay. Charles and um, uh, Brian, I I think it's important to 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 take into the to account uh, the lack of letting go of religious connotation uh, by specific uh, would-be qualified electors, and namely uh, Joe, right now, and that. If, if we have we have to uh, remember that under equal protection, right, and 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 principles of freedom, uh, one would not have to make a religious claim, or there would not be necessarily a religious test. Okay, that would not necessarily. By the way, that would not necessarily disqualify natural law. Just because there's no religious test doesn't automatically disqualify natural law. Okay, but I'm saying to you that it's not necessary to be a qualified elector to have to agree with every other person's religious perspective, but a, a, an outright respect for the other individual's view is 
an act of an act of comedy, which is the wish of the entire body that we actually conduct ourselves with respect for each other's specific knowledge base and also uh, head, as a head of household status that you have the right to believe what you want to believe and it will be respected and we're going to continue to proceed in a, in a nice judicially poised fashion with respect to other people's uh, beliefs in more life for all. Okay. Jeremiah, was, was Joe um, uh, saying something contrary to that? Yeah, eventually it, that will not work. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I you, it. Mm-hmm. It, Joe, yeah, if you were saying something contrary to that, please elaborate. I, I, I didn't really catch that you were saying that yeah. there needed to be a religious test. Yes, if you, uh, by the common law, allow everybody to receive the same rights, benefits, and everything like that, what you've actually done is you uh, are licensing uh, under the society anybody that comes and agrees, but they can believe whatever they want and think the way they want to think, eventually that's going to break down because you cannot have... You cannot have any business, a family, a, a family, if they're not on the same page. You have to agree. You have to believe the same thing. You know, I mean, I'm sorry to bring this thing to you, but the, I learned everything from the Bible, okay? If, if but, two will not agree, they'll both have fallen in the ditch. It's like well, a blind... If I might elaborate how I visualize the whole thing harmonizing, is that you and, and people that believe like you... Are, are are quite capable of forming your own township communities and your own hundred courts to to have that view, but at the larger, higher levels of the one hundred and forty-four thousand, there's going to be other people that are responsibly self-governing in the common law communities, such such as Donaldson Jeremiah here, and they're going to have their own communities that are in conformity with the rules of the common law, and at that point. Uh, people in your community and his community will have no um, authority to to micromanage the affairs of of the other person in the separate common law community. Okay. Does that I, I sound like it would work for peace for everybody? Oh well, no, that's that's your goal. So you know, I can I I respect that. That's what that's what you believe you want to have. So, well, know. there's no other way to do it if we got honorable people that just don't have, believe in uh, all the uh, 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 regular Christian entanglements. Uh, they, they've still got the right to, to, to bring peace in their own communities and justice, uh, don't they? Yeah, the thing is that they're not going to really have any peace. Well, that's their problem then, isn't it? As long as their community is separate from yours. Yeah, but that, that, what I'm saying, I'm talking about getting the whole earth like that, not just... Well, dude, we're talking about getting the whole earth like that, too. Only you got your community separate on this earth than, than, than what Jeremiah uh, and his communities got separate on yeah. this earth. Yeah, 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 I see that. Okay. All right. Is that good, Jeremiah? No, I'm Jeremiah right here. Must- I'm right here. Yeah. Sorry, I muted myself. Uh, yeah, that sound good? Good job. yeah, it did, actually. And I, I think you, you kind of encapsulated my my sentiment, which was ultimately 
that we can't embody uh, true common law through a broad sweep of authority, whether it be religious in nature or Roman civil law, you know, in nature. So, I, I dare suggest anybody that's willing to self-govern under the common law can be part of our larger community. There are people such as Joe, that have their own particular vision of common law that requires a firm Christian traditional involvement. Um, I'm, I think I'm closer to you, Jeremiah, in, in thinking that, that we don't need to focus so tightly, but we can work with Joe if, if he's willing to responsibly self under the rules of the common law. And um, uh, as long as he don't try to force his religion on us and we don't force his, our religion on him, everybody should be happy. Yeah. Uh, okay, guys. Thank you. Uh, I really appreciate your information. And uh, But I, I believe the Lord wants me going on the route. Yeah, well, um, I do hope that we'll continue talking about general common law, even though... Uh, we seem to think um, um, technicalities of the process should be applied differently in each of our different communities. Sure. Okay, well, uh, I pray. Uh, if you allow me to pray. Charles. Charles. I missed the last, Charles, I missed the last 30 seconds of what you said. Somehow I got cut off. It wasn't that critical. I think Joe was trying to make a graceful exit here. Joe, did you have some final words that you wanted to say? Yeah, or something? I just wanted to pray uh, Ephesians one seventeen over you folks, if you allow me to do that. Okay, well, I'm not a big fan of Paul. I think he's the author of that, but I'll take a chance, roll the dice. and um, Well, just, yeah. let me listen to this, because it's, it's, uh, it's really spiritual. It's not... I don't think it was Paul really saying it. It was the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. But he said this, I pray that the Father of glory may give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him by having the eyes of your understanding. And the Greek word is metanoia, which means imagination. Having enlightened, that, that he may give you uh what is the hope of your calling? In other words, there's a goal for you and I, and I pray that you will see the goal that he has, his calling, because he called us when he called ourselves. So he owns us all. So that prayer goes to you, and also that uh, you may know of what his inheritance is in him. And that he may show you what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, which he demonstrated when he rose Jesus from the dead and sat him at his own right hand. I pray that for you, guys. That he'll give the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him by having the eyes of your understanding enlightened and flooded with so much light that you'll know the hope of his calling. Not my calling. Nobody's calling. He's calling. Well, I like to think I already got that hope there, Brother Joe. Okay. You got it wrong with it then, brother. Uh, all right. Well, I appreciate your good intentions there, and I, I do hope we right, cross paths again sometime soon there, brother. Sure, sure. 
I'd like to say thank you too to Joe. Thank you, Joe. For, uh, for allowing me to, uh, you know, for coming on a call basically and expressing all of these things. And, and technically speaking, we are, there's never an exclusion uh, here against your involvement unless you exhibit characteristics of someone of an unqualified, you know, elector, something like that. But, uh, yeah, actually, yeah, no, no. I, actually, I thinking... if you want to, do you want to do you want to do an, a qualified elector? Uh, I mean, Charles was saying we don't have to do the oath, but I was thinking it might be good to actually have, you know, uh, uh, like you know, the the understanding, Charles, that you have in your oath, uh, evidenced, you know, uh, by someone, and as a group, I think it's it's it'd be it'd be kind of kind of futile to wait for us to, uh, you know, to do it when I have the remedy just sitting there waiting, meaning the, the registered emails, when we could actually, you know, we could use e each other as third-party witnesses to the qualified elector status and do it via email. We wouldn't have to rely on, and I'm not talking about just standard email, but registered proof of delivery and get a printout of the and digital you know audit trail basically of the of the delivery into the inbox so that way we have they could actually go in with an analyst and say yep that actually did get delivered right there to that specific address you know if you needed a professional you see what i mean charles like I, need... I comprehend your vision i believe jeremiah but i i i think we're engaging in overkill there when a, a more simplified process would serve our needs adequately. What are you referring to? I'm thinking like if we just focus on getting the two witnesses for each of us and each of us composing our own list where, you know, I'm ready to certify a hundred people. Um, uh, and, 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 and if just a small number of us start doing that, then everybody else can say, Hey, Stuart and Donaldson are are um, uh, uh, certifying me, and and at that point, we're developing the critical mass that we need to move towards in a more quick and efficient manner. The, the ship's going down. We have to move quickly and efficiently here to organize. And and while the, the I was originally thinking in in terms similar to what you're doing, that's why I took all the pains and liberties of composing the oath, but. Uh, I've, I've, my vision has progressed to the point where the, the spiritual battle that is nece necessary for us to get our hands dirty with uh, demands that we, we start moving more quickly and efficiently without getting bogged down in a whole lot of minutia. And quickly, I want to say, I think we're close to another five-hour mark here. We wow. might get shut off at any point. But if you want to respond more to what I said there about the minutiae the certified email process, um, please go ahead and do so. I, well, I, I mean, I don't have any response to that, but I do want to say that I think we had a huge effect tonight, you, Charles, especially, as well as the questions coming from every listener, okay, had a crucial effect on the direction of the call. And, uh, you know, we couldn't have done it without everybody that joined the call tonight. And yeah. uh, a lot was accomplished. And I'm looking forward to the next call. Yeah, hallelujah, Brother Jeremiah.
Amen. Okay, brothers. Well, good night. I want to take the sack. All right, Joe. Take care. God bless you. Take care of you. Bye-bye. Good night, sir. And Charles? Yes, sir. Don? Jeremiah? You there? Yeah, is it, just, is, is it just you and I? Yeah, just we two. <laughs> it's like I called you or on your phone or something. No one gives a fuck, you know? <laughs> well, you know, we're the, the only PI two call hard- has... Huh? Huh? I was going to say we're the only two hardcore addicts here. It seems like it. I, I swear it's because of we... I feel like I've done 10 years of research in five years. But, you know, when you sleep outside every day, it makes well, you want to do that, you know? We're arming up for spiritual battle. You know, when we go marching into courtrooms and, and, and county commissioners' chambers, we're, 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 go- we're going to need to be second nature. Um, it, it's like a gunslinger practicing how fast he can bring his gun out of his holster. You know, you do a whole lot of practicing on that. After a while, you start getting fast. <laughs> exactly. You can actually spot people that are coming on the calls and uh, and 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 uh, you know propagating the the fraud, the false, the falseness. You know, they they like they've they're going on some you know conspiracy theory or whatever that they heard. You know, some patriot mythology or whatever. You know. Um, but, uh, I was going to say something else about, um, I guess, oh, crap, I forgot. Well, since it's just you and me, I'm not feeling too bad, but. <laughs> well, it'll be our secret here, brother. Well, I mean, it might not be because it's called still recording, right? No, I guess I guess I Charles, guess that people pe- people would recognize that what what we are doing is uh, what we're involved in here as and it's not just Charles doing it you know I, I I made that point tonight because for a reason everyone wants to sit here and act like this is you 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 but did you know that our paths met at a certain well, point in my I wouldn't be getting the notoriety here if it wasn't for you uh, cruising along on my flanks here, Jeremiah. Okay? These opportunists wouldn't be saying how wonderful Charles was unless I had my big portable blowhorn on my flanks here, (laughs) Jeremiah. I I was beating the bushes and beating the shit out of all the naysayers. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. We're working together here. Exactly. I'm laughing because it's 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 actually good. It's actually funny you mentioned that actually because for all this time I'm like the big bad boy, right? In inside of all of these arenas, right? That everyone loves to hate, but I everyone knows that I'm always the guy also that posts all the sources too. You know, and uh you know, the whole thing about this whole sourcing it gives credibility to my argument. So when all of a sudden Charles Donaldson joined forces, what? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are having real trouble getting their brains around that one, aren't they? 
it's like, what just happened? Did we enter into an alternative universe? And they're like, wait a minute, this must be overthrow of the government, communist, this and that. What the fuck? You know what I'm saying? It's like... We're in a time warp. It's the Mandela effect. Yeah, it's some strange shit, but, uh, you know, yeah, I applaud you because I see it. I've been. Did you hear me sing your praises there? Did you about two, three hour mark? I, I, I went into a good rant. This is why I hang with Donaldson. He's got his faults. Uh, you know, I, I kind of dwelled on that for just a moment, but I said, <laughs> you, 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 you remember my rant? I, I did it about sixty seconds or something like that, where I just cut loose. I said, look, to Donaldson standing up and speaking out when the cause of justice really requires it. And, and and everybody else is just marshmallows, man. I'm sorry, I'm tired of it. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. That's actually true. You did say that. I do remember the rant. And, All right. Well, uh, I, I was proud. I was proud to hear you actually come to my aid. You know, a couple times on the call. I mean, like, after all, like Cheyenne coming on. See, Angela Stark. She started a trend. You know, and everyone on Angela's call started a trend whereby people think it's okay to go ahead and tell Donaldson to shut up and stop disrupting just by because I just because I speak that means I'm disrupting, you know, like and and you know what it comes down to is uh some some of the newbies that are coming in, right, are actually seeing hearing it and going, "Oh, I guess I guess when I hear Donaldson, I could do that too. I could actually be like Donaldson, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to talk." You know, and it's like, so the psychology, you know, and it's it's definitely COINTELPRO, you know, totally psychology. Anyone can see it. If you're intelligent, you can see it. There's no reason for people who are interested in the law coming up and who are eager to learn to be uh, hating, right, on anybody that's actually got qualified sources. You know what I'm saying? And And <laughs> so... Uh, by seeing newbies that I've never met before or even spoken to on the phone talking shit to me, which I have experienced, okay, um, it, it lets you know right there that many people are listening, everyone's listening, you know. So so this is this is definitely a good turn of events, your and I union here uh, with our common goal because um, I, I felt something in me, you know, like, move when you start, start talking about the townships and the common law, and I recognized, I said, wait, this is it. I had my aha moment. I was like, this is the one. You know, this is this is the thing right here, t- common law townships. This is the way he was talking about, you were talking about justice of the peace, right? And that, and that coincided with David Wynn Miller's. There was too many similarities. Everything was kind of coming together as a huge puzzle piece, you know, and, uh, you know, like they're not one, yeah, one piece of the puzzle, right? <laughs> but nevertheless, now at least I have one piece of the puzzle, you see? Yeah, yeah, you can build from there. You got something mm-hmm. to build around, a foundation. You can build the superstructure later. Your foundation is getting laid solid. Okay. You're not going to be shaken when you get into the battle zone because you got your foundation solid under your feet. That's right. That's what I feel. That's why I studied the law. 
but I actually, you know, I had I couldn't have done it without the freaking Patriot community. Everybody on the fucking on these calls is honorable to a certain degree that is actually genuinely interested in sharing and learning the law. You know, uh, and and because I there are so many people out there like um, you know, Rod Glass, uh, Jack Smith, Gordon Hall, you know, um, uh, Angela Stark, right, for hosting her call. Um, and I can, I'm with Charles 8854, you know, that guy, uh, <laughs> very inspirational guy, even law fan, right? At, at one point was like an inspiration to me. I felt like this whole community is cool, man, of people that are just interested in this, this stuff. You know? Without them, I wouldn't be feeling like. I'd have I'd have nothing but the indoctrination perspective, you know. I wouldn't be able to have this alternative viewpoint. So it's it's an honorable place for everyone to be, and it's it, that's I think where where internally I create the the compassion necessary to be able to be like, you know, I'm lucky to be able to like say, oh, you guys, I respect you, you know, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with you. You know, I mean, we're trying to we're trying to join forces here. It's 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 illogical to sit to argue. Notice when when tonight actually I kind of commanded the call in a lot of ways uh, with regard to that argument that was starting up, right? And then I was like, Nah, we're not going to argue, <laughs> right? It was like, and everyone switched, you know, from from that to something else. I think I took it to a different direction, but. It was like there was an argument starting with Joe. You know, I'm proud to say, Charles, that you have shown me not Wonder Ann. She didn't. She didn't actually help at all. She she made me fucking pissed off. But but you definitely have shown me what it means because it means more to me to dialogue with these people with the condition of of a judicial poise guy. You know, I'm like I feel. It's empowering to to sit in 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 and then dialogue with people and use that. You've been using it and doing it for a long time. It's like it's like meditation, I bet for you, right? You can just sit there and be like, <laughs> "Oh, well, not quite, but similarly." I'd like to point out, if I might, that that when when when. You do the extra, you or me or anybody, a person in in the group of uh, develops what I would phrase as judicial self discipline. Okay, and when you when you throttle back on on your enthusiasm enough to to have that self discipline and maintain that tone of respect, that judicial calm in your voice, then and only then do you have the right to get pissed at other people when they are not speaking with similar tones of respect. Mm-hmm. Okay? If you're behaving like a bomb-throwing anarchist in your verbal conversations, then everybody else has the right to do the same thing. Point taken. All right, all right. Word to the wise here, brother. Absolutely. Um, 
Well, yeah, yeah, we're doing good work here, brother. God's Holy Spirit is blessing our efforts, I do believe. <laughs> you know what? I mean, I appreciate your viewpoint. Uh, and uh, I do I do believe that there is a, a higher, I'll say, I'll say it this way, that the higher self, the higher self and, and, and most high is with what we're doing, totally with it. Because it it's really about exercising freedom and diversity. It's it's both, and in, in, all in one beautiful you know uh, like possibility. You know, because uh, when I think about the fact that these journal societies give an opportunity to for the hundred court or the yeah the hundred court to be able to, um, well, again, it's it's like a modern version of the 100 courts, American-style 100 courts. Yes, never happened. We can do this. It's never fucking happened. Charles, it's never happened. Well, my, well, you know, my heart is leaping out of my chest. Good. Oh, my God, Charles, this this is huge. I, I, just, I just caught the fucking glimpse of the enormousness of this. It's enormous. Well... There's references in early American history to the hundred courts. They they were being Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.